listeners, welcome back to the Peripheral Views Podcast. We're doing another one. Back in the airwaves with you. This is a uh, new episode in a new series. This is number six. Uh, I am your host, Jake, and uh, with me tonight is our man, our co-host, Errol. What's going on, Errol? Ooh, you know me. I'm uh, I'm around for the ride. We got a new one today, bud. It's great. It's um, it's We're going to plug into the ranking show um series this is going to include a lot of different topics we're gonna we're gonna dissect and plug in our rankings i'm sure that you know as more people get their eyes on our rankings you know what the thing about rankings and lists are is that they're like intensely controversial in like the internet sphere which is like i mean that's fine because it's just because I mean, everybody's I got their own ranking I, but i don't think they need to be so polarizing like, no, it's they, you know what I mean? right it's an opinion uh, but anyway, so that's that's what we're going to do today. Um, today on today's ranking show, number one, the first one in the series, um, we're going to do we're going to. So we made a couple of little adjustments just as a disclaimer before we get rolling here. Um, we nixed a part of our uh, of the development on this episode. Um, we were originally going to do um, a top 10 UFC moments of all time. Um we deem that to be pretty um, pretty intense as a as a topic, and especially as a ranking. The sport's not super old; it's a pretty young sport, and it probably would it's probably doable. Um, unfortunately, though, we're going to push that part of the podcast back a touch, and we'll we'll circle back to it uh, probably in the next couple of uh, weeks or months. We'll, we'll come back to that one and, and try it again, but we wanted to trim this one down, and and that one probably deserves its own podcast um, because it's going to be. Uh, it's a big topic and we, you know, there's a lot to choose from and a lot of discussion to have around that. So we wanted to make sure we could dedicate a whole episode to that. So instead, the first part that we announced in the previous episode, we're going to actually take on in this um, in this recording tonight. And that's going to be the top five UFC moments of the 2023 calendar year so far. Um, that trims things down, makes it a little easier for us to um, talk about, discuss. And then when we get through all of that, we've got a uh, surprise bonus. Um, we've got a bonus segment at the very end of this podcast. We're going to dive into in that Errol, should we announce it now or should we wait? Eh, yeah, no, we can, uh, I, I think we let's can. drop it by the time, by the time we okay. release this, it'll be in the title. We'll drop it. So what we're going to do in the final segment of this episode, and we'll put it in the title so we can, uh, titillate future viewers. Um, is going to be, we're going to put together, so right now UFC just uh, experienced their UFC 290 card, um, International Fight Week. It was a big card. We're going to talk about that. But uh, coming down the pike here in a matter of months is going to be UFC 300, which is always a big event when they get to that round-numbered event. Um, when, when UFC 100 was big, UFC 200 was bigger. I would imagine they're going all out you know, pulling the brake pads off of, uh, for you, UFC 300 coming up next year, probably looking like around March or, uh, maybe April of next year. So Errol and I are going to put together a fantasy UFC 300 main card. We're not going to do prelims. We might, you know, if we plug in a couple of honorable mentions in there, it'll be, you know, improv improvised, but we're going to, we've officially plugged in our UFC 300 main card, five fight card, um, and we're going to do that as our final little bonus segment um, after we do the uh, top five of the UFC moments of the year. So, Errol, you pumped about this? What do you think? Yes, I'm uh, really excited about this whole thing. Um, I consider myself a casual fan, 
but um, I love the uh, wanton melee, and I like the uh, so it's kind of I so a lot like a uh, boxing with like the sweet science. Um, I like the wanton melee, and I like the technicality behind uh, the sport because like you could be the biggest baddest person just like punching people like a uh, Sonny Liston. You could just be the strongest person on the block, Turogati style, right? Um, but there's going to be someone who has your number and it's just, uh, it's crazy to watch unfold. I mean, I, yeah. uh, yeah. Boxing is one of those sports where like it, like w- between boxing and UFC, they're both pretty much on top of the, I shouldn't say pretty much. They definitely are on top of the, uh, combat sports realm. And it seems like, like MMA, I should say MMA and boxing, but specifically the UFC is pretty much the go-to promotion for um anything mma i mean there's some pro- obviously there's bellator and one and pfl and there's a lot of options for there mma was pride which pride was back in the day like yeah, barbaric right yeah pride. well one championship uh with the singapore FC, promotion. yeah it's pretty much one fc is it's like kind of like pride it's, it's yeah, not, not quite but pretty close and they do a lot have you ever seen they've done like mixed rules um where they'll like they'll alternate rounds yeah, yeah if there's like a um like a specialty fight they'll they'll mm-hmm. do special rules yeah they've done like like i remember dj uh demetrius mighty mouse johnson he fought like um he did a muay thai against uh rod tang which was like it was like a muay thai mm-hmm. round and then a mma round then a muay thai round then an mma round and people thought like if he can get out of the muay thai round he's gonna be all set because he can just take rod tang was like is a muay thai fighter and yeah so you have no ground game yeah, he got through that first round, and I think he did get a finish in the second round. But that's DJ because that dude is that dude, might be Red Rod Tang is no joke. No, no, he's got like a million. There is probably good. one or two other names that are like right around Rod Tang, but I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, with my uh, ignorance in a uh, Muay Thai fighting, Rod Tang is like the number one. Like, or... yeah, I think so. I mean, he's the most well known. I don't know. Like, it's hard to tell because, like, Muay oh, but he was, I, if I'm not mistaken, he was beaten by some British guy. Uh, oh, recently, yeah, I yeah. think recently, potentially. Yeah, he would, he just fought pretty recently, but um, he, he's got like Muay Thai fighters, they fight like, like 350 times in their career, sometimes more, like, in their throughout a career because it's, it's just that kind of fighting. Um, but yeah, he's, he, he was a savage and DJ was a savage too, but. Um, yeah, let's dive into the housekeeping, shall we? Let's do uh let's do a little touch and go on this stuff. Um all the same usual points of contact for us. Uh you can find us at Twitter at peripheralv123. Hit us up on SoundCloud to catch one of our streams, uh, soundcloud.com forward slash peripheral views one two three. Uh you can contact either one, Jake or Errol at peripheralviewspodcast at gmail.com. That's our email address. Um if you stumble upon us on SoundCloud or on Twitter and you're looking to hear us a little bit more accessibly, you can find us at the uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify apps. Uh, just plug us into that search bar. And if you do listen and you listen regularly, um, you know, feel free to hit that notification bell and the subscription. Um, and uh, specifically on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a positive review and a positive rating. Um, I think that would uh, that's going to do us a lot of help. We really appreciate any support you guys can offer um, for our current listeners. Um, we do have uh, wanted to announce this uh, to you, Errol. We've got um, we got n- not so much a, a endorsements the wrong word, but um, I, I was we've been permitted the use of we got music. We got green lit. Yeah, we got we got a little bit of a green light from a, a really cool band 
Yeah, I actually had uh, mentioned in a previous podcast. They're called Elephant Sessions. They're from Scotland. Um, they're like uh, they're like almost neo traditional sounding. They're like it's folk, but it has a, a modern spin on it. And they use some some like traditional Scottish folk instruments. Like uh, I believe it's a, it's a, like a fiddle type of string instrument. Uh, but they mix it with some electric synth stuff. That's like it's really good music, and it's it's purely instrumental. Um, it's great for like whatever you're doing, whether you're driving or working on something or writing, whatever it is, their music is just an awesome addition to whatever it is that you're doing. If you want to uh, give them a, a check out, uh, they're on Spotify, YouTube, Bandcamp, uh, I believe Apple music. Um, so check them, check that band out. They're a great, great bunch of lads. And I really appreciate their, um, they're giving us their, their permission to use some of their music throughout. And I'll, I'll plug it in, in this episode specifically, there are three songs I'm going to use uh, in in the interlude. So, um, and I'll I'll make sure to actually maybe link them in our uh, in, on one of our pages. the The three tracks we're going to use on this episode are going to be a track called "Summer," a track called uh, "Is This a Vibe," and a track called "Colors." So I'll plug those in in our breaks. Um, and uh, if you guys like them, if you if you're interested to hear more from them, they are on those platforms. So. Uh, that's it for the housekeeping. I did have a couple of tidbits. Errol, I wanted to ask you uh, on the on the air here. Did you happen to see today released? Uh, I know we talk film a lot, so I want to touch this before we get rolling. Did you see that the Ridley Scott's um, new film Napoleon. Napoleon, the trailer yeah. released? Did you see the trailer? What did you think? Yeah, dude, that was dude. It looked nice. It looked. Um, I'm a sucker. I'm gonna be a sucker for anything with the uh, Joaquin Phoenix. But yeah, like, right. dude, it looked. It looked. I don't want to say perfect, but I could, I want to say perfect. Like it looked authentic. It yeah. Looked... You know what? The battle scenes were like, what, like those battle scenes look next level, right? Like and then like next, uh, le- next level. Showing them posting up on the, um, on the pyramids. Yeah. Right. Do you, yeah. Those, you know those Northern African battles. Yeah. He yeah, conquered Northern I, Africa. Um, and... I get, uh, so other than just like you know conquering it and just being like uh you know f you guys and like blowing up uh, the pyramids um i hear there's racial connotations to why they solely just blew off the nose to the oh, sphinx really interesting yes. they did show that in the trailer too wow. yeah it was already missing the nose um so i'm, ex- I'm excited to see exactly uh, how they portray it because um they this uh they were in Egypt. It was Egyptians as Africans. I guess uh, the nose was depicted like a wider, like a bowed nose. Oh, and he so Napoleon. Well, Napoleon was like a obviously brutal imperialist. So like you got to imagine his like takes on race were not probably like right. So you see, <laughs> he probably you see wasn't giant, espousing like equality. You see a giant structure that's like erected, and it just like it it shows a. Uh, the creativity and like just the uh like the manpower behind like whoever built it right and like you know like what it what it what does france have now the eiffel tower i mean come on there's not there's no sphinx there's no pyramids like no. that's why they're sending they, shots i mean they gave it. us the statue of liberty and they even that is yeah like, they did they like gave us that. but yeah well like compare that to the pyramids the statue of liberty may last like without any upkeep like you know come on that thing's like 500 years like you know yeah like, yeah i mean got, the ocean the pyramid the pyramids are i'm like boy we could that's another episode that's like 10 episodes right there to like talk about their significance and like the mystery around them but um you know we can we can go down that road for sure we what did you think about 
Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted to ask you what you thought about the uh, casting. Like, obviously, everybody loves Joaquin Phoenix, but and there's no like photographic uh, evidence of what Napoleon looked like, obviously, because it predates like photography and film. So yeah, I'm wondering, you, based I on the paintings, imagine... what do you think about that casting? I mean, he doesn't well, look that far off. Right. That's I. I think that the casting is accurate due to the paintings, and also I would go so far as to say that the paintings, while they may be a uh, exaggeration to a degree i think they're accurate that's um one of the best things you can do like you know as a ruler is uh just have like your actual face like you know like your caricature you want to see yourself you don't want to see a uh you know like a a version of yourself that's not really you want to see something that you're like confident in so i'm with how like narcissistic you need to be to be like just the ruler of a nation or like feel like you deserve yeah. to be i'm right. positive that that those those paintings are not far off i don't i don't believe that those paintings are far off unless well, it's like, some kind of horrible deformity yeah well it's interesting because i'm reading here and this is like so this is so fascinating and like i don't want to go too too long on this part but like i'm also reading as we're as we're like opening this up about especially about the sphinx there's an actual painting an oil an oil painting of um bonaparte uh, it's called bonaparte before the sphinx mm -hmm. um and the poster it's or the painting i'm sorry is um it's literally him on a horse standing in front of the sphinx without the nose right and i mm -hmm. think they 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 discuss in um this article about it it's they actually called the painting oedipus which i'm i would like that i'm gonna just leave that as a cliffhanger because i'm I'm deadly curious about what that means. What about why they went with that? Um, I'm going to definitely be following up with some further reading about this, but we can't dwell on, on uh, Napoleon. That does look like a great film. And um, the, the topic is there's, I did, I want to, I wanted to hit this quickly though on that is that um, Napoleon, the film um, Ridley Scott had a relationship with Stanley Kubrick, right back in the seventies um, and eighties. And I know that there's a story about there's some story about like Ridley Scott was making Blade Runner and some of the excess filming that went on with The Shining was actually donated from Kubrick to Ridley Scott to fill out like whatever it is, background or, or something along those lines. There was so much extra footage that like some of the um, nature shots or whatever it may have been was yeah. donated. He actually gave it to Ridley Scott. And I think Ridley Scott was only looking for like a short amount or a small amount of film and then like Kubrick sent him like an eternity of film because there was so much excess and he's a psycho so he's like he's a psychotic madman and just sent him like like a mile and a half or like three yeah, miles worth of film reels. yeah go ahead and sift through this pal this is just my this is my, are real. this is my leftover scraps but uh so but interestingly enough I think they had they they must have had some kind of relationship um professionally back then and i think that in so as i remember reading that kubrick was actually planning on taking this project on toward at the end of his life or in the 90s at some point he was actually going to make a film about napoleon and i believe ridley scott is like he kind of oh, took the football with it you see what i mean passing the torch yeah yeah so i'm wondering if he'll like try to i'm i'm ridley scott's such a great filmmaker he's got some real clunkers in there but like most of the way through he's been pretty good and uh, I wonder if he's going to drop some like Easter eggs in there paying homage to Kubrick and his vision. So interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Um, moving on, though, let's uh, let's do a quick recap here. What do you say we'll do before we go to break? Let's do a quick recap 
of our previous episode. Um, this uh, previous episode was in our film series. We discussed the death of Stalin. Um, it was a fun episode to do, fun movie to do, hilarious stuff. Anything that we missed, Errol, that you wanted to uh, – how did you think we did overall? Did I lose you? Well, no, you didn't. It was uh, – I was just muted. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, you're good. Yeah, Go no, ahead. I, th- I, th- I thought we did a pretty good job. Um, I didn't rewatch the movie, so um, don't know if we missed a bunch. Uh, my takeaway, it's uh, just a uh, – just a funny uh, kind of uh, attempt at a social comedy at the time. And it seems, uh, I don't want to say accurate because that's not like, it's probably not literally what happened, but it seems very reasonable. And the fact that like, it kind of lines up with some of the events that actually happened. It's just a, it's, it's a funny, like curtain peak. Like perfect word for it. Yeah. I agree. Like what may have happened like, you know, just a, it's a uh, and it's it's such a uh, important like thing and like time that like happened. It's a uh, no wonder they made a uh, you know borderline like play about it. Like they made like a whole movie right. and so well, I mean yeah, the book of course. But right. it was well, it's just a fun. It's a great unique idea, and there's not a whole lot of films. There aren't a whole lot of movies that have ever been made like in this vein. You know, uh, especially on this topic. Like very few films actually have covered this era um specifically like the beginning stages of the cold war and the end of like stalin's regime um but to to spin it in this way i thought was like pretty unique and like a very bold um move overall and um i had a bunch of fun just re-watching the film that was a blast and then obviously it was it was great to discuss the film do you stand by your rating i think you gave it an eight i think we both gave it eights out of ten yes you good with that yes, rating i'm still good with it sometimes you'd give a rating and you want to like chew on it a little bit and maybe it shifts but i was pretty i was pretty content with that i think that's about right yeah no i'm i'm right there with you cool all right, well, we can dive into the content today. Today, we're going to plow right ahead. Um, I did want to drop one little thing. I listened to a podcast today that I just wanted to like plug super quick. It's probably been uh, listened to you know time and time again, but I thought it was like one of the more important podcasts I've ever heard. It was like very uh, one of the more informative ones. Um, it's uh, it's I don't, Errol. Are you familiar with uh, Jocko Jocko Willink? Uh, no. So yeah, he was like a former Navy SEAL. And for our listeners, if you are familiar with Jocko, Jocko is like, if you're familiar with him, you know what he's about. He's just like discipline and like, he he's just a, a savage. And um, he did a podcast uh, about a week or two ago with Dr. Peter Atia, whose new book, whose book came out uh, about a month and a half, two months ago. Um, maybe, maybe a little longer ago than that, but it was, it was a great book about um, medicine and health and longevity um, I listened to that. He's done a bunch of podcasts. Um, I actually have the book and I've been sifting through it, chipping away at it um, slowly, but surely. And uh, there's a lot of good content in there about, about health and medicine and uh, nutrition, exercise, all that kind of stuff. And his podcast today was like incredible. It was the, that episode specifically is Jocko podcast number 392. Um, and that's with Peter Tia. Give that a listen. Quick plug on that. There's a ton to learn if you're interested in that kind of thing. Give that a spin because that's it's got a lot to it's got a lot to say. Dr. Peter T is super knowledgeable. He's got a lot to a lot to teach us. So, just a quick plug on that. And uh, what do you say, Errol? Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk USC 290. We'll do a quick little recap and discuss what happened over the weekend in Las Vegas um, at the two, UFC 290 event. So, hang tight. We'll be right back with you. 
Okay, welcome back to the Peripheral Views podcast. We're going to discuss uh, what went down this weekend at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, International Fight Week. Um, biggest week of the year for the UFC, typically. Um, it was a big night in Vegas. Um, Errol, what did you uh, did you peep the uh, peep the card? What did you think about it overall? Man, I feel really uh, bad because I didn't see the whole thing. I uh, I watched like pretty much the beginning and um, where is it? Yeah, I uh, dude, I was pretty much off after the Lawler fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, well, it's tough because like this is the problem with like um, these UFC cards. Most of these like UFC pay per views are wind ups in Vegas, and not even just the pay per views. They do a lot of the fight nights in Vegas. And them joints go fucking long, bro. It's it's hard to like hang in there sometimes. Oh yeah, because that fucking prelim card was it's done at ten o'clock, and then you've still got five fights. What's amazing is that 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 main card went until fucking one fifteen in the morning, one twenty in the morning. So you're talking that's like almost that's pushing four hours for five fights. It's kind of wild. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have made it. What did you think of the? Uh, well, we'll start there. What did you think of that Lawler knockout to end his career? Um, it was one of the uh, craziest things I've seen in the sport. <laughs> Straight up, I was, I was not ready for that. Like I, he was, I was like, all right, let's let's see what he's got, and I know he's ready. Like you know, rolls up, puts him in a clinch, and then hits him just with the uh, like a perfect combo. Like he connects like five times i believe like he's like it's just like face jaw like side of the head boom and then like just crumpled like it's like um there were a lot of the fights that happened last last night um they looked like a lot of the finishers in like a ufc game yeah the finishes were like very like dramatic but his was especially dramatic just because i think i don't know that people were really expecting robbie to go out with a knockout because well i will say this i think you know he's had such a super long career but like he really has not been um he hasn't gotten chinny in my opinion like he's really kind of only i think he's only been finished like a few times like I know he's had some real bad outings. He's had a couple of pretty, pretty rough nights at the office, you know, large in the last, like, I don't know, four or five years. Let's see. He's lost one, two, three, four, five, six. He's three and six in his last nine um, since getting, since losing the belt to Tyron Woodley. Um, and he was only really finished um, by uh yeah, he got knocked out by Brian Barmarina in the last fight. So that was a finish, but it wasn't that wasn't a brutal finish. It's not like he went out cold. I don't if I, if memory serves me, I don't think that was a, like one of those types of knockouts, but um I mean, he had some fucking I mean, largely a career to be revered. I mean, did you uh do you remember the the Rory McDonald fights? Um, not off the top of my head, no. Boy, if you saw them, I mean, those would probably if you were doing a UFC top ten moments, like the the second um, Rory McDonald fight, where they're like they're they're covered in blood. I mean, and he like spits blood at him at the end, like the round ends, and Lawler just spits blood at him, and they both just refuse to go back to the corner. They just start walking oh, they... each other. <laughs> it is like one of the most. It's one of the all-time badass moments you'll ever see in the sport. It's unbelievable. Um, 
but he had an unbelievable career largely and he was a welterweight champion like i mean he was he's going to the hall of fame and he deserves to be like look at the welterweights right now that is the toughest boys in the goddamn game if it is a good division dude it's a granted granted when you're a heavyweight you're a heavyweight and you're the baddest man on the planet like no matter what um usman uh you know, uh, Usman, Chemaev, uh, uh, Bilal, uh, Kobe. I'll, I'll say, I'll say Kobe. I'll say him. Yeah, he's got to be in there. You got because as much of a you know, he's a character for sure in a terrible way and insufferable, um, largely on the public side of things. But that dude is a fucking great fighter. Stuff to say it, but he's a great fighter, and he's gonna he's probably gonna fight Leon Edwards next for the belt too. Which um, undeservedly, right? But uh, you know he's a he's he's got the spectacle down. So yeah, that's for sure. Know, yeah, he, I mean, you guys probably know how we feel about uh, like you know uh, 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 like a like identity politics, and he's just really good at uh, exploiting that. Yeah, I mean, he's just well, yeah, he just pisses off. He just, a part of it is. Part of it is that I I do have to remind myself that that dude is definitely putting on an act, but I'm wondering how much of it is like, how much is this a work and how much is this like he just amplifying his actual personality? Um, I get a whiff of the of the of the latter, and you know, but he really? he's a great maybe, fighter anyway, at least for that. Maybe match. maybe it's a cynic in me, but I'd like to hope that it's legit all game yeah if it's all work then like that th- i'd be fine with that because listen you gotta have you gotta have a heel listen every every in the fight game you gotta have a heel somebody's gotta be the heel and if it's just that then great but i don't know you don't have to bring the fucking race thing into it and we're gonna talk a little bit about that um on this main card um so let's move up the main card a little bit here so let's jump right into the first fight of the uh of the ufc 290 card so bo fucking nickel Remember I told you in the last podcast that um, he had like four fights, four professional fights, and I don't think he accumulated a full round yet because he was finishing guys so fast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he went in there and knocked the dude out in 38 seconds, so that continued. And... Yeah, I saw, I, I saw that. <laughs> that guy's a monster. He's, he's savage in a way that like, I don't know, man. I don't know who's beating that dude. It's 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 um what he's done so far in his professional career is genuinely impressive. I mean, it's yeah, he's well, I don't know if you know his backstory, but he's like he's got like multiple national championships with Penn State. Um wrestling? Which, yeah, wrestling, yeah. Like oh, okay, so okay. So good luck to everyone because now he's got the hands too. He's I was gonna say he's just punching people. So he knocks people out. Like you're literally your beat if you're gonna grab onto him. That's the thing he's most comfortable with. He messed up. I mean, he even said that like I I think he said in the post fight interviews like Yeah, I'm not gonna fall in love with my hands, but like my uh, my toolbox is deep, so don't you even worry about it. I think he's, I mean, he's he's inevitable Uh, as far for what I can tell. I mean. Just with that wrestling background, I just don't see who it depends. It really depends on who he's who's champion by the time he gets to the top of that division. Because I imagine that I think Adesanya is not long for middleweight. I think he's going to move up at some point. Um, so, but I don't. I just don't see anybody even in the rankings who's going to give Bo Nickel you really, a hard time. You really think he's moving up? Is he? Yeah. Yeah. At some point here, I think he's got one. I think he's going to take the. 
Um, and we'll talk about this in a couple of minutes here with this, with the Drickus two plus E fight. Um, I think he's going to take that fight at middleweight. And then I think he bounces. I think he's going up to light heavyweight. Light he- with the monsters, with the sharks. Bro, he's already a middle. He's already fought up there. He fought for the belt up there. He yeah, fought. He's been, yeah. yeah. And he lost. I mean, he did lose. It was like the first time he, it was his first professional loss to Jan Blachowicz a couple of years ago, but he did go up and he didn't look bad. It's not, he didn't get knocked out and he, he got, he won the first two rounds. In my estimation, he won, I think it, he won, if I remember correctly, he won the first two rounds and then he lost the last three and this last two rounds, um, rounds four and five, Blahovich just like uh, resorted to the wrestling and it was just too much because Blahovich is like a big light heavyweight. Like he's, he's a big dude. Um, yes. But he did fine. I mean, I don't see it. I, I actually see right now and I've been like in my head thinking to myself, if there was ever a time for Izzy to move up, is like right now because he because the champion is Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill is not a huge light heavyweight, um, and he's a striker. He's not going to wrestle. And like I just I see a path to that belt more clean now than ever for Izzy. Because if you're telling me that the that a champion in whatever weight class is going to strike with that dude, I don't forecast that going well for anybody. So. The light heavyweight is in a precarious situation right now, as you know, with a Yuri, mm-hmm. uh, what is it, a Prohaska? Prohaska, yeah, yeah, Yuri Prohaska and uh, an old uh, uh, Jamal Hill. Um, Jamal is the champion, but he's not ranked higher than him pound for pound for pound, yeah. Because, well, the only reason for that, I can explain the backstory on that a little bit, is that like Yuri got Yuri was the champion. But he got hurt. He got injured and was out. He was going to fight Glover Teixeira a second time and got hurt. And then his shoulder injury was, like, so significant, they anticipated he would be out for so long that he just he just straight up vacated the belt. So, so Jamal fought Glover in January and took the belt. And then – so Yuri did not lose the belt. And Prohaska is a big fucking light heavyweight. He's a big – and he's, like – he's just a – if you haven't watched any of his fights, I mean, he has got like this style that is so like spastic and it, unpredictable. It's it's a great, it's a fun style to watch. It's like an amazing, he's an amazing fighter, but um, they're probably going to link up. It'll be Jamal Hill and Yuri probably next. I don't know when that fight is or when they haven't booked it yet, but that's what I was saying is like Izzy wants to fight Drickus Duplessis, but like in my opinion, I haven't seen a cleaner path to the light heavyweight championship for izzy since i mean even glover would have been a problem for izzy i think because glover's pretty he's got the size and he's also an amazing grappler whereas jamal hill is predominantly a striker i mean he's probably going to throw hands with izzy and i just don't see that going well um but either way so that's the middleweight division picture for you let's move on to the next fight uh dan hooker and jalen turner put on a fucking brutal war um over three rounds i mean jesus christ i know you sent me the uh, screenshot of his like x-rays he fucking broke his arm um, yeah no dan uh he he, threw, he put it all on the line the hairline oh mm-hmm. well, it, was <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even a hairline it was a he snapped break. That, uh, yeah full he fucking break yeah broke that bone in his arm yeah it was great it was a great fight man i mean he's he's like that dude's career has been pretty fun to watch too because he's like he's kind of like Cowboy Cerrone. Like he just 
he's taking all these short notice fights. He's just an all action fighter. It's fun to watch. He's him a, do his well, thing. What it is is a he's a fighter. Yeah, right. Exactly. That man is a, like like a like Cowboy Cerrone. That boy is a brawler. Like he's like, oh, you need me to step up and punch someone. Like I, you know, I'm pretty tough. Like I feel like that's so different. Or um, it's a uh, not or to like to like put like a simile to it. Uh, one of my favorite rappers, uh, Lupe Fiasco, said something like he had like a like a line or like a a song, and he was talking about like battle rappers or like a dis. It was a diss track. And he's like, people need to like be comfortable, like get in their zone to like do something. Mm-hmm. He's like, not me, like spare the moment, like I'll just show up. I feel like that says so much more about like your craft. If you're just some like drop of a hat, someone's like, you need to fight, and he's like, oh, good thing I'm a fighter. Like I will fight whoever is in my weight class. Or, yeah. Like, you know. Well, it's about being like it's all that old. Uh... What's the it's that old um, phrase? Basically, it goes like, "Yeah, stay ready so you don't have to, or stay prepared so you don't have to get prepared." Like if you're just always prepared, you don't have. There's no who needs a training camp if you're already you're already in. Like you just stay in that in that zone in that shape. This is what Volkanovski was talking about in his post fight interview about him and Izzy. He's like, "I'm an active champion." He's like, you don't see that. You don't see that out of the champions in this sport where they're fighting two or three times a year. He's like, except for Izzy. He's like, me and Izzy are the only two who are who are doing that or doing the damn thing, going out there and fighting like and in a matter of a couple months between fights. And it's actually true. If you look at all the divisions, I guess the exception to that was Aljo is in Bantamweight is like he's 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 gonna fight a second time, but it doesn't sound like he really wants to fight that soon. It sounds like the payday is just calling his name um but like mm. it's really true for the most part i mean most guys if they might fight twice a year most champions and if it's if that much and um man but, that'd uh, be coasting too yeah i mean you get that <laughs> belt. well it's not even that though you get the belt and it's like for however long you wait in between fights that's how long you're a champion and uh yeah you know, that's what in every single second that you stay the champion, it's just some person who has, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the UFC is uh, really crazy, like in how um, it's people from all walks of life. But you'll crazy. notice, you'll notice that it's usually the people from the hardest walks of life. It's Always. usually, would Pretty you believe much, yeah. that it would be the toughest people raised in like the worst kind <laughs> of situations who like try to make the best of it? And they're like, hey, if I just need to punch someone in the face as opposed to like, you know, l- deal with the horror of reality like that I was like born in, then yeah. yeah, they just beat the hell out of people. Well, it's two things. I've got like, there's like two things about that. It's like, number one, like that's why you see like some of the like Eastern European or like Russian fighters are typically like, really successful in the sport and that's because where where they're coming from is like hardened and it demands toughness in a different way and also but there's also the the counter to that would be that like it is a little bit like the sport is kind of developing a more athletic sense about it like we're getting a lot of i would i would argue or uh athletic and i'd argue technical or technicality too Um, sure so like what is like the you know the true like uh like difference between someone who is just like born in like a rough situation who is tough 
ergo a Sonny Liston, to a right. Muhammad Ali who was born into the sport, who was bred into the sport, who was who happened to be made for the sport. Yeah. Just a perfect scenario as opposed yeah. to just like, you know, being brought, raised on well water and like, you know. Yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, and that's the cool thing about MMA is like, that's why I do, I do love that the sport of MMA and, and I'm glad we're going to work it into our, you know, our podcast uh, schedule uh, somewhat regularly because like, there is just such a dynamic set of of talent and skills that like it's interesting. It's almost like um it's it's one of the few. It's imagine that they like integrated like football, basketball, and baseball, and you were expected to get good at all of them. Like that's why when there's the argument about about well, boxing that's... versus MMA, it's kind of silly to me because it's like yeah, I get that the MMA guys are not going to be as successful boxers because it's like they're they're learning how to play how to they're learning how to be successful in like five different sports well so when it comes to the two sports have the utmost respect for boxing the reason we uh sunny liston was one of the first people we talked about first things we've done in the podcast but i prefer mma as a like a sport um nothing against uh, pugilism but uh, there's just something about being able to uh, be like, I don't care what you throw at me. I will beat you at, at that. If you want to take it to the ground, I will stand back up and punch you in the face or I'll keep you on the ground and then, you know, drag you into deep waters. It, just like just being there, be like, if you want to fight, I got something for you. Like, I don't care if you kick me in the leg. I don't care if you as long as you're not eye gouging, like, you know, right. You got the kick me in the dick. Have to be there. Like, as long as you're not doing that, like, I'll beat your ass. Like, if it's you also. It's also great because me, well, it's also I've always said that like I genuinely find them to be I find UFC not UFC fighters I'll, I will I'll refrain from you know singling out the UFC too much on this comment but like MMA fighters specifically I find to be the most impressive athletes in a lot of ways because their athleticism is it, it demands more of of the human body like they they have to be able to do things on an athletic level that I don't think other sports really demand. There, including boxing. You could, you could argue that um, with like true contact sports, like a, uh, like uh, not like football, but like past football, almost hockey, but a little bit past hockey because there's a little bit of fighting, but um, that's the time where you see true willpower, just mm. true determined. Like you get, you are concussed. Like someone gets punched in the <laughs> yeah. face, kicked in the head, knee in the face, you're done. And someone will still be just like, just throw something out there, just training, just please. Boom, hit someone yeah. and then just flip the whole script. Like that is, um, you don't see, you, there's not a lot of sports where you see legitimate like David versus Goliath moments where it's like, oh my God, this dude's getting like, getting killed. It's bad for everyone. And then just like, absolute turn because you get you get punched in the jaw man you got mike tyson man everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face you're like i'm gonna beat his ass and then boom, <laughs> you get hit one time and then like, wait and then yeah. the crowd roars and then the momentum flips oh, the know? crowd's a thing too the fighters yeah, talk about get, this all the time like the crowd the, second is you thing. Get, the crowd snaps up the other way you get your feet underneath <laughs> you and it's different man it's fucking that's the sport though that's fucking that's well you also about. get like so you get like, and, and we'll, this will be a perfect segue into like the next two fights. So like you get like the two stark contrasts to that. Like number one, um, we'll talk about uh, Robert Whitaker, who's also had just an unbelievable career. In my opinion, Southern one of the Cross. Best, 
Yeah, like yeah, like genuinely. Yeah, he's he's a legend. That's why you say that because he's he's literally left his like mark on the sport, um, mm-hmm. and he truly has because he's he's only lost to Israel in nine years until unfortunately this past Saturday where he lost to Drickus Duplessis in another, a shocking uh, upset. Another uh, Dan Hooker, another uh, true fighter, another scrapper. Who Whitaker? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, just a yeah. Player. But his te- he's he's in my opinion, and I'm not taking anything away from Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker is a skilled tactician out there, but like Whitaker is as skilled a a striker and is as well rounded a fighter as the sport has to offer. He, I don't know what happens there. You see him making a lot of good choices in his fights. His IQ he, is he, his IQ he, is through the roof. He sure. wagers like in a scrap, like a lot of the fighters that he can. He's gonna win in that scrap. He's gonna put. Yeah. He's gonna place a better punch in that, and he can take the punch. Um, like just a tough guy, dude. Talk about a no UFC fear. game finish, though. Yeah. He just yeah, slumped he up against the kid. That's a literal just TKO. Just yeah. bing, bing. It was a bad deal for him, man. He had a rough night. And that's the first time I've actually seen him have a rough night. And Because even in, even when he lost to Izzy the second time, that fight was disputable. It was A, disputable, and B, he yes. put out. He showed out that night. This was like the first time since What's... the 2019 knockout to Izzy that I've seen him like genuinely walk out of the cage truly defeated. And Duplessis is. What's that say I, I about so, him, though? About Duplessis. What's that say about Duplessis? Yes, exactly. What's that say? This about is Duplessis? what's confusing about this guy, dude. He's he's. I've seen him in. Um, I've seen all of his UFC fights so far. So he's 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 like what five and zero now, I think, in the UFC or four and zero maybe. Um, but I've seen every one of his fights, and I've definitely seen a skill development. But I've seen this dude. He got like he was in trouble against a very aging Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson is like not prime Derek Brunson. I'm not trying to shit on Derek Brunson, but Derek Brunson has a he's at a point in his career in which like he's talking about retirement and who knows if he fights again. And like Derek Brunson's a good fighter, but to call him a great fighter, I think would be um, I think that would be saying too much about his career. He's been a very good fighter for a long time, but he's not great. And he gave Duplessis problems. He did get finished by Duplessis, um, but he gave him some problems in that fight. And then he, and then Duplessis also had some problems against a very washed Darren Till. Darren Till mm-hmm. hasn't been himself in a long time. And Darren Till, he survived. He got a, he got beat down in the first round and survived it. And then Till got up on his feet in the second round and like hanged on him for like a whole round and then was winning the third round for, uh, you know, the first part of it until he, he got he finished him too. So like this dude is a, I don't know. Supposedly he got a nose, his nose fixed, like his nasal passage was like blocked or something. And he got that cleared out. So maybe that helps his, that helped his, um, his cardio. I don't know how much that factors in, but he is a marauder out there. I mean, this dude, his foot is on the gas pedal only. This dude hasn't seen a brake pedal in five fights. It's unbelievable. Um, Mm. And I don't know what he does because he's going to get the Izzy fight next. It sounds like so for the middleweight championship coming up. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that fight? Uh, Izzy versus him? Yeah, that's next. I mean, that's on deck. That's what you got to imagine. I mean, they did a face off in the cage and Duplessis is South African. And he was like, yes, he, you heard about the, obviously this. Yeah, the, the, I hate it. Connotations. Bro. I hate it. I hate it so much. Why? Like, cause it's one thing if it's like a genuine argument, but like, can this not be a promotional thing? Like I just, this is just, Cringe is all hell, and 
Izzy's Izzy's leaning into it clearly because he got in the cage and like called him the M word a bunch of times and like yeah. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. Somebody asked Dana afterwards. He was like, he's like, so what did you think about like somebody asked him like uh, yeah, and he's like, I don't care. Well, he was also just like, yeah, he's black. Like he's black. Right. Like he he, he could say that. Like and it's like. Like, yeah, like, I don't know why, like, I don't understand why See, that so, was the question. The question should be, why is this becoming a promotional tool? This, this should not become a promotional tool for this fight, I don't think. I So I'm excited about that fight, if that's the case. I would almost rather see, and it was a uh, contender for my uh, fantasy card for okay. 300, I'd almost rather see uh, Duplessis Pereira. Yeah, I mean, you could, well, here's the problem with that. And Let him earn it. You're, Let him you're earn right. It. Yeah, Pereira will, Pajeda, it's either Pereira or Pajeda. Um, Poetan, we'll call him, because that's, that's like the tribal, like the fucking, I think it's like, he's like, he's got like Aztec tribal uh, DNA. Like he's, he's <laughs> only, Aztec warrior. Like, bro, he's literally, back. I'm telling you, like he, no, I'm not even, I don't think it's either at, like, whatever for what the indigenous people of his like ancestry are like only a couple of generations removed like they still live very tribally like um but that that man that man puts duplessis away quick think so it, yes i do well that's what, well duplessis if, if he resorts to the wrestling i mean i don't know the wrestling maybe not Duplessis can wrestle, man. I gotta say, he out wrestled Robert Whitaker. See, that's what I would. That's what I'm saying. I'll give give him it, give him it, take it, and take the title fight too. If you're Duplessis, just take it, just for the. Uh, you well, know. he's gonna take that over. And the other problem with this, with your your pick though, is that um, do uh, Pajeda moved up to light heavyweight. He's gone from middleweight because that cut was. He's too fucking big, dude. He's like 230 pounds with like zero percent body fat right now. Everyone's like, everyone's moving, jumping shit. Well, the dude, that dude, the fact that he even made middleweight as many times as he did, that that cut is like you see him on the scale, he looks terrible. I don't even know how he's doing it, and it, he moved up for a reason. I don't think he, I think he's just done with that weight cut, and I can't. Even the two hundred five weight cut's not going to be fun for him. That's how big he is. Um, but Damn, like, also, you don't want to fight heavyweight, man. You don't want to. You don't want to <laughs> deal with that problem up there, named John Jones. Like, <laughs> problem, man, you problem. want that tie to Visa? What are you talking about? Tie to Visa? Yeah, <laughs> tie to is a big boy too. That's, but... a, that's what I'm saying. That's just a lot of weight coming at you. He's the fucking swang and bang right there, the old shoey bomb. Um. So anyway, yeah, that was a that was an unbelievable finish. Um, I did not forecast that when that fight got booked i was like oh whitaker's got to stay busy fight and he's gonna go right back into the the adesanya rematch for a third time but it looks like i don't know whitaker's gonna he's got some interesting career decisions duplessis and izzy is next i don't know when they're doing that fight they're going to sydney in september and izzy's from new zealand so i kind of think that's where they're gonna try to plug that in but that's that's soon september's like two months away um yeah it's a, it's an interesting fight. I do see um I forecast Israel having a pretty good game plan um for that dude and he's he's fought and beat bigger dudes. Like he this is he knocked out Paulo Costa. You know, he knocked out Poton. Yeah. Like he's 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 got a good he's got a good resume with he big guys. He can bang with the best. He hung around with Yoel Romero and beat him, you know, in a very boring fight, but it was, you know, he still won. Um but anyway, so let's move on from that fight. We'll move into our call main event uh, from 290. 
Brandon Moreno and Alessandra Pandoja. Wow. I mean, fucking wow. Errol, I know you didn't get a chance to, to peep this card in full, but let me tell you, as unbelievable as this, this whole card was so fun. Um, but this fight specifically was shockingly good. I mean, it was a, it was like a blood and guts battle, fucking five rounds. Neither dude just willing to to cave, and it was. And it was the best part of my favorite part about it is it as close a fight it was, as fun a fight it was. It was probably, in my opinion, at this point, it might be the fight of the year or in the contendership for that. Um, I will not be including it in my UFC. Um, 2023 moments only because the list will predate our pay-per-view from last weekend, just because we've already completed the list. But if I could make the, I I would include this in the second half, we'll say, um, because this fight was fucking bananas. (laughs) It was fucking bananas. Uh, if you get a chance to rewatch it, dude, it's, it's, it's Moreno is in a lot of wars at this point. I mean, he's just that Mexican pride is just that Mexican drive. That fucking warrior is just, he he's a he's a machine, but Pantoja got the victory. It was uncontroversial, which is always nice to see in the title fight. Yeah, especially if you are because uh, you know what to say. You got to beat the champ to be the champ. It's always nice when there's a decision and the uh, contender just wins flat out. Yeah, and he did. He did, and he had actually they had fought twice before. Once in the contender series, which was Dana White's contender series, which was a exhibition, and the uh, second fight was. Um, that was an actual pro bout, and he Moreno lost both of those. So now he's 0-3 against Pantoja uh, career-wise. So, like, I don't know what they do. I, I, the, the thing is, is after a fight like that, I love. I would love to see them run it back because, dude, the flyweights are so much fun. Those guys are so fucking fast. It's unbelievable to watch. Those guys, are like, their hand speed and their, their grappling exchanges, like the transitions in the jiu-jitsu is so fun to watch. I mean, it's... It's crazy. That that division is alive and well, thankfully. Um, and they put on probably one of the best fights of the year, maybe the best fight in flyweight title history. I, I mean, the division's not super old, but and DJ had some great fights in there, but DJ kind of beat the shit out of everybody, so um, except for Cejudo. But uh either way, that was a that was probably that was my that was the best fight of the night. Um, but the biggest moment of the night. That came in the main event, and that was Alexander Volkanovsky, the motherfucking Terminator, just just putting putting the work on Yair Rodriguez. And um, I gotta say, man, I don't know who the fuck could beat this dude. I mean, this 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 man is he lost to Mahachev, but like that's a weight class up, and I don't even know that I didn't think he lost the fight. Did you happen to see? Uh, Anything, any clips from that fight from that from last weekend? Um, the Volk fight, or was that? Uh, yeah, I saw I I saw some highlights on Reddit, and it, it looks like he won in a great fashion. Well, he did this like the way he got the finish was like it was quite impressive. Like, I mean, obviously, it's always impressive to get a finish in the UFC, but the way he did it, like, it's so strange. Like, he uh, he hurts Rodriguez with, I believe, a right hand. Um, and yeah, and Rodriguez starts back into the cage. And so Volk goes in for like some dirty boxing and basically unloads this like three piece combination in uh, I think two hooks to the body and then a left up top. And then instead of like, it looked like he was like going to finish him right then and there up against the cage with strikes. But then he just, 
he just picked his ass up and slammed yeah. him on the ground. <laughs> I mean, it was just that. Like, it was just that. He just picked his ass up at will and slammed him on the ground, closed guard, and just rained down ground and pound on his head um, until the ref stepped in. Right, yeah, just hands up, but uh, nothing but defending TKO, yeah. if I'm not, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just a beatdown. And, and it was a competitive fight up until that point, but, like, once, once Volk, you know, some I think a pundit said I heard them say, and they were so right about this in hindsight. They said that like the first two rounds will indicate what we're gonna get. If Yair does not is not banging on him in the first couple rounds, I th- then this pundit thought that Volk would pull away with it late. And uh boy, that was that as true as ever because as soon as the third round started, it was like this is gonna be Volk's fight, he's gonna take care of business, and he did. Unbelievable, dude. Unbelievable night. But uh, yeah, you should go back and watch some of that if you get a chance. Uh, there's there was some there was some fun had on this card. It was it was a great card. Yeah, I tried to I tried to undercut Dana on a couple of these because I missed the fight, but he wasn't having it. So that's you would shut time. you down. He shut me right down. But yeah, I'll, he I'll knows, bro. He knows. Are you happy, Mister White? We got I'll the guy. It. We got the cops right outside his door. <laughs> I'm the monster. Um, but yeah, so that was our UFC 290 recap. Um, it was uh, it was a, an unbelievable night of fights, and uh, there was there, we had a bunch of fun with it. So um, great to watch that. We've got UFC 291s coming up. That's Poirier Gagey two. So goddamn, that's gonna be fun. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Let's um, let's take a quick break. We'll bounce back, and we're gonna talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna fill Errol in on some of the. Uh, fight announcements that were announced over the weekend some big fights coming up um interesting fights and then we'll get into the content of the day so uh hang tight we'll be right back in just a moment talk a little bit now that we've recapped the past weekend of fights we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on um, forthcoming 
on. And there's some good there's some good stuff coming. We won't talk about everything, but over the uh past couple weeks, or in the past specifically about the past week, there's been some big fights announced already, and there's some looming, some shit's in shit's in the works right now. Um, we'll get to that quickly at the end, but First and foremost, the biggest announcement. Got to talk about this, Harold, and I got to hear what you got to say. We have not talked about it yet, and I, I got to hear what you got to say about it. Announced over the weekend at the UFC event, UFC 295, November 11th at MSG in New York City. The GOAT, John Jones, comes home, and he will be defending his heavyweight championship against the all-time greatest heavyweight in UFC history, Stipe Miocic. What do you think about that, bro? Dude, that is that is a crazy fight, dude. Someone's going to die. Someone's that going is to a get fucking killed. great fight. Yeah, that's it's a well, great fight. Uh, not, John's John. I'm, I might actually bet on John this time. <laughs> I'm taking I'm John, bro. I'm taking I might John actually no. Sure. I might actually uh, spend some money because that's a he's a he's a bad man. The thing about it is, so let's do a little MMA math, which is like MMA math. People hate MMA math, but I'm going to do it a little bit here. So. John Jones, John Jones out wrestled the shit out of DC, right? He like he was the first person to take DC. Yes, and that's the thing too. Like uh, DC was like saying like if you like wrestle me, like that's where I'll beat you. It's like he John Jones was like, no, I'm not. It's like he like chose to do it. Like he was like, yeah, I'm gonna like nah. He's like, you think I just need to like punch you with my lengthy arms where I could punch you across the ring? He's like, no, I will. That's the thing. DC is that dog, man. I know. I fucking love DC, man. I love DC, but but he got. I, in all fairness, I love DC. That boy got his ass beat by John Jones twice. I mean, John Jones might have been cheating with the PEDs, but like our boy. Yeah, our I was, boy gonna, I was gonna say like he lost the fights, but he won. DC won the war. Yeah, overall, he like in the in the in the what is it? The court of public opinion or the court of public perception? Well, and also, like did. he doesn't need to. Uh... Granted, he's been in the game for a little bit, but like he's, do we see John Jones as a color commentator with Never. his no. right with his checkered pat? Like DC's, he's most oh, he's person, sad, man, and he's so good at in it. the game. Yeah, he's so good at it, and he's so likable too. He's dude, my, like... I love this. Have you ever seen the stuff? Just him and Khabib chilling, dude. Oh, that's nice stuff, dude. It's they're awesome. so they're such good friends. Yeah, they're so tight. Well, that's why they're always awesome. talking smack, and he's like Khabib. Uh, they're actually, always talking shit. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's like, yo, I don't care what belt you have. He's like, I will <laughs> lay on you. He's like, I will yeah. lay on top of you. He's like, I will beat you up. He's like, you yeah. will not be able to do anything if I lay on top of you. He's like, I'll smash. <laughs> I will smash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, their, their stuff is great man their, their relationship is like super like very wholesome but speaking of wholesome shit did you see that fucking jones and um jones and adesanya kind of like kissed yeah, yeah, they made... that was nice to see man I, i'm happy to see that because i like both of those fighters well, what so do much. you do when you're the two like baddest people on the planet yeah. other than two chance, shake bro. hands man well what do you do like it's either you either make amends or you Right there in the airport. It makes me wonder that, like, did that get squashed because Jones went up to heavyweight and, like, Izzy hasn't even gotten to, he hasn't even gotten to light heavyweight yet. So, like, there was always talk when Jones was at light heavyweight that, like, okay, they're only a division apart. Maybe we could make that happen at 205. So, Izzy comes up to 205. Mm-hmm. Jones is at 205. Maybe we make that fight a thing. And, it was it had a lot of traction at one point as being like people wanted to see that fight. And then Jones goes up to heavyweight and does what he does. 
And Adesanya hasn't even – he actually is 0-1-1 at light heavyweight when he made his attempt against Jan Blachowicz, like I was saying. Maybe the the fact that their paths their their paths kind of went separate ways that like maybe it was just like this fight's probably never going to happen so let's just squash the beef and or maybe they just wanted to do it because for personal reasons they just don't want to have that kind of negative energy out there and it was nice to see honestly because you don't see that a lot in the sport most of the time the sport is like motherfuckers saying either like racist shit or you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's the fight business it's a dirty 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 game. Literally. I mean, when you're like talking smack and you're trying to get underneath someone's skin, there's only you can only say enough mean stuff before you actually slip up and you're like, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, you're, you're just pushing like, it. Yeah. You just, well, it's right. There's like you're trying to get under their skin. That part's real. What you, whether you mean the words or not is the problem. Like the like the Colby Covington thing, like we were saying earlier, like, well, he's you, saying you a bunch saw, of like, shit. The, after he got his jaw broke, which he. I guess he didn't, if you ask him. Well, but... He definitely got his jaw broke. He Dude, said he, it, I mean, he it, said it, it on the mic. Right, but like, uh, like after like those fights, he was like, "It's all." He's like, "It's all business." Like he's like, "It's all love." Oh yeah, after the second Usman fight, right? Yeah, because I mean, also after that, what's he gonna do? Like, you're a punk. You know what? Though? Listen, I got a hot take. Hold up, hot take. Ready? You ready yeah. for this hot take? This is a real hot take. Okay. It's not that hot because I think people have said this before. Okay, I, I rewatched that. I, I rewatched that fight, bro. I think Colby won that second fight. You think he won it? I do. I really do. I think he won. I think he won. If I remember, I haven't rewatched. I watched it like last summer. I rewatched it and I was like, because it's a fun fight and it's re- the two best at the time. The two best welterweights, easy. Um, and I just wanted to see, like, okay, I know it was close, but I couldn't really remember. You know what stole the night was fucking Gagey and Michael Chandler fought, and that fight yeah. was just blood. It was just the most like brutal fight, and it kind of stole the night. So you kind of forget about the Usman Cummington fight. Dude, see, that's I almost wanted to put Gagey Chandler on my three hundred fantasy card or rematch. Gagey Chandler too, but I don't. Oh, that's not enough boy. time. Nah, you got plenty. You're fine. You don't even need that. You don't need to worry about that at all. Um, I didn't put Dustin. I let Dustin. I'm gonna little spoiler. I let Dustin rest. Don't spoil. Don't hold on. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But it's it's either way. I I know that's a hot take that people don't probably agree with. But like, if you rewatch that fight, that fight was damn close. It was. I'll rewatch it. But if it's close, like you know what? I'm cliche, man. I I speak in uh, I've said it before, dude. I speak in a uh, what is it? Um. Bumper stickers, man. You got to beat the champ to be the champ. Yeah, I hate that. I, I disagree with that, by the way. I do disagree with it. Because here's why. I don't. Here, it's it's ceremony. It's the whole thing. You need to you need to win in a fantastic display to like you can't, dude. You don't you don't become the champion over one punch. Not in the UFC. You do that in boxing. In boxing, you win over one punch. You, you, bro. Tell that to Conor McGregor. Tell that to Conor McGregor, who put fucking Jose Aldo's lights out in exactly one punch and became yeah. Look at look at look at their look at their reach. Yeah. Well, listen. The beat the look at look at Conor's reach. Look at Conor. Look at every single fantastic knockout that Conor McGregor has, and look at their reach comparison. I I implore... What do you want to do? The guy cut the weight. He went to 145. You can't hold that against him. He's at 145. The dude's like fucking like 190 pounds now. Like, of course he's going to have a reach advantage. He doesn't belong at that weight class. You ever seen him on the scale at 145? That dude looked like a fucking... Like he just rolled out of Auschwitz. He looked terrible. don't, don't, Don't respect him. I don't think he's... Yeah. That's the 
It's the you know what the most... best part is is like I, I think that dude just needs to stay away from the sport, and that's my Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor like. Bro, that dude needs to stay out of like the media, bro. That dude needs to stay out of society. He needs to go find like a like something wholesome to do in his life because like yeah, I, I I think most people are pretty much done with 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 him as like a public figure and or an athlete. And uh, well, and that's well. So the thing is, like, I hate these like like the the like would be like half champions that like parade themselves as literally the greatest of all time but then you get dog walked when there's actual like when there's an actual challenge like there's no it can handle zero adversity um, oh, you're you're talking no you're, I'm 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 going to give you so much pushback on this one listen if you want to talk about Conor McGregor the fighter like post 2019 2020 even I'm with you I'm with you. This dude, like, espousing that he's still the greatest is all nonsense. But the idea that that individual was not the single greatest fighter for about four years, three to four years, is absurd. He is in MMA, not not boxing. When the box, the Floyd shit, who cares? I'm talking about fucking MSG, UFC 205 against Eddie Alvarez, who Eddie Alvarez was no slouch. No, he's not. Dude, I'm sorry. That motherfucker, Conor McGregor at the peak is as that is as talented as any athlete has ever graced this sport. The problem is is the the stuff going on outside the sport that ruined whatever mental capacity he had to maintain that, to sustain a career like that. Like he was just too famous, too rich, too much power, too much access, and then you throw in like the ego checks of people like Habib and Floyd and, and then Poirier put him away twice. Right. So I think in his mind, he thinks, all right, take a couple of years off. We're all good. I can just jump right back in. And then you were here when we watched the Poirier fight and he got his, he got his, you know, he lost to Poirier twice, whatever. The second one's a leg break, but like still a loss. And it's just, you, that, that's never going to be a thing again. But when it was a thing, you can't take it away from that dude. For about for that little stretch of twenty, what is it, twenty fourteen to like 2017 ish, somewhere in there. That is like that's the, the one of the best UFC fighters to ever live. Here, five inch, five inch reach advantage. <laughs> five inch. You can't hold advantage. it against it. Was he supposed to shorten his arms? What do you want him to do? Go up weight class? He did, and then he won cut a fucking other belt. Cut his fingers off. That's absurd. All right, let's move down these fight announcements. That's enough on the old fucking the old leprechaun. Um, that's old on the old notorious. Yeah, that's about enough. Um, so uh, speaking of Tui Vasa, Tui Vasa is back. Old Shui Vasa, he's back on September 9th in Sydney, Australia, for that UFC 293 card. Um, the Aussie will be taking on the Russian Alexander Volkov. Looking to get back on track. Tui Vasa, fun fighter, dude. Love, yeah, love. Oh my watching god, him yeah. Bang. And in uh, in Sydney, so gonna it's, be uh, yeah. Uh, in Sydney, he's gonna. They have, got, Sydney has the best crowd in the world for UFC. Mm-hmm. They Yo, have shout the, out to uh, shout out to Luke Thomas on the uh, Morning Combat podcast. Uh, he said something that about Australia. Well, he was talking about Florida, but I thought this was one of the funniest things I'd heard in a long time. <laughs> He's he said Florida is. Is like the bootleg version of Australia. <laughs> it's like Australia infused with methamphetamine and poverty. 
It's like Australia's bastard child. Yeah, like, because all the venomous fucking reptiles and shit. And then, like, I mean, it's not a bad comparison. Florida Florida (laughs) is... A mess. So, Australia is um, Florida's, like, well-put-together older brother. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It really is. And they're also, like... They're also extremely different. I mean, they obviously are. Oh, yeah, I, I was, no, every, and just they just kind of look the same because they're like real coastal and beachy and my warm. my brother moved to Florida, but if you held a gun to me right now and you're like you need to move to one of the two places, it, I'm I'm taking that 24-hour flight, man. I'm, oh, I, me too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm no, not going sure. to Florida. No, I've, well, I I can't go wait. to Florida again. I can't wait to go to Australia. That's on my like bucket list for sure. Man, I can't wait to not go to Australia. Man, the the plane ride. You're you're yeah. That's a tough plane ride. Yeah. All right. I told what I was thinking. I figured out how to do this. No, I figured out how I'm gonna like. If you're only going once and you've got the time and the money, like I figured out how to do this. What you do is you plan a two week vacation where you 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 block out a bunch of time on each end of the vacation. Like obviously because for air travel because there's just a shitload of it. And what you do is you get a block in the middle, so you block out two days on each side at least minimum. Oh, probably so there's like a like you you stop somewhere, Hawaii, yep, or like Fiji or something, just somewhere to, had to break that flight up. Do the first flight in a few days, man. See, I'd mess up. I do the first flight to Vegas. I would like do all. I'd lose all my money, and then like I still got to go to Hawaii. Then I got to go to Europe. Like I'm beat. Yeah, you're fucked. Well, this is what this is why this is why your travel plan is just it's not gonna work. You're just not gonna get very far. Like I can only spend one hundred dollars the one night I'm in Vegas. Let's be real. Yeah. Well, like you better have it. You get you got to be on a you got to be on a budget in that place. Ten thousand dollars. But uh, okay, let's move on to the next fight. So uh, UFC two ninety two that's coming up. That's not too far out. That's only a month away, a little over a month. Um, that's that UFC 292 card that's in on August 19th at the TD Garden in Boston. Um, that's going to be headlined by Aljamain Sterling and Sean O'Malley. Can't wait for that fight. That fight's fucking awesome. That fight. Yeah, that's a great fight. Um, and added to that card, so this is cool. I really like this. Uh, Cheeto Vera versus Pedro Munoz. So I love that Cheeto Vera's on that card, and here's why. Cheeto Vera is the only person to beat Sean O'Malley so far in his career. And they got a little bit of heat. It's not, it's cooled down, but it's heat. You know, you want a little bit of heat between contenders. Yeah, blood, right? yeah. A little bit. Not not a ton, but a little bit. Them being on the same card, if they both win, you could set up that rematch in a title Oh, fight. it's, it it's, it's written. Yeah, it's right there. It's right there for, and the UFC probably knows that. So they're, you know, they can work that out. But um, we'll see what happens there. So Chino Vera, he was going to fight Cejudo on that card, but Cejudo got injured. So, uh, filling in for Cejudo is going to be Pedro Munoz, August 19th. Um, another big fight announced for August 26th in Poland is Alexander Usyk uh, versus uh, Dubois. Uh, I'm sorry, I cannot remember this gentleman's first name. Um, he is fighting, what's his, uh, Alexander Usyk, he will be fighting Daniel Dubois. I, you know, I did know that, and I just, I'm second-guessing myself. So, um, and that fight's August 26th in Poland. Uh, Dubois is, uh, I'm unfamiliar with his career largely, but I know Usyk and this seems like a stay busy fight to get Usyk to the Tyson Fury fight. Um, which is fine. Like I can understand that the dude has, he's, he hasn't fought in quite a bit here. He beat, since he beat Joshua, he's been kind of down and out. Um, 
So that's a big fight in August, heavyweight title fight. Um, and speaking of Anthony Joshua, Anthony Joshua is going to take on uh, uh, Dylan Billion White um, at the O2 Arena. Uh, what date is that? Let me just pull that up. So they've already fought before, so this will be a rematch. Um, that's a big – it's not a big fight. It also kind of seems like a stay-busy fight. What I'm hearing through the uh, media sources I listen to is that this fight is actually – going to be a um also a uh it's similar to the Usyk fight where it's it's say busy but it's for it's to get joshua bridged to deontay wilder um which would be fun that would be a fun fight anthony joshua and deontay wilder would be a really fun fight um and that goes oh, down yeah. on august august 12th at the o2 so on his own pay-per-view if anybody's interested in that um a couple of little rumors out there I want to touch on. Um, it kind of sounds like Tyson Fury is going to fight Francis Ngannou, bro. I mean, it's not been announced yet, but it, it's starting to starting to get there, man. What do you think about that fight? I mean, what's your what's your gut instinct on how that one goes? Uh, so I like the term puncher's chance, but not in professional boxing. Get the bag for sure, but like for sure. Ooh. I mean, he's gonna get paid. I mean, yeah, but like I don't, I don't see him connecting with uh, the power that he has. Like you know, like the one thing, not the one thing, but the the main thing he has is he's the technically the strongest puncher on the planet. Yeah, and that's the thing is like Tyson. Well, technically, but like I think who argue who arguably is actually the the. Um, the most powerful puncher alive is probably Deontay Wilder, and Fury took those shots, man. He got dropped by Fury like <laughs> yo. Wilder. Tyson Wilder dropped him like five times. Tyson Fury rose from the grave. <laughs> he really he, did. I'm you, Nary will see anything like when he sucked the life back into himself through sheer willpower. After he just a, bro, he came back up. He channeled no. his inner Undertaker right there. He was. He, just, that's what it was. It was the Undertaker because he wasn't. Yeah. He was not conscious. He was like, no, oh, I'm just knocked out. Just do 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 do. He's like, wait, I'm fighting. <gasps> yeah. Well, he, said he, he said he said he said at the time that that Jesus told him to get up. <laughs> you see what kind of outer body experience where God's like, it's, it's yeah, not your time. Killed the boy. <laughs> yes, it's not your time. <laughs> just kisses, kisses his hand and like touches his forehead. He just, <gasps> <laughs> you're like, I gotta win this fight. I can't hit the ground again. <laughs> Jesus said, if I go back, I'm staying. <laughs> No, like, well, no see, that like goes. that's his eyes unroll from it. Like it's it's yeah. uncanny. It's you actually can see it. Yeah, if you see behind, yeah, like, he if you look close. Like his eyelids are like are like kind of spazzing. Like he, as he, though he was knocked out. He was knocked out, man. He, he was he, in a different plane. He was not, so, he, when he said he talked to Jesus. I believe that. Now he, he was. Said, that I was one of the, that was one of the most fun fights I've ever watched live. I, I, it was a little stressful because I was um, illegally streaming it, but. Uh, so I was kind of bouncing in and out, and it, that fight was so back and forth. I mean, you didn't want to miss much on it, but it was. He fought him and... a third time, though. In the third fight, the third fight was a fucking straight up slobber knocker, um, and just an absolute slobber knocker. I mean, they just they both were dropped multiple times each. I think Tyson got dropped like three times in that fight, and then Wilder was dropped four times, including the knockout. So it was just a 
that was one of the another one. It's just an unbelievable fight. But if Fury is taking Deontay Wilder's punishment, which is what which trained. Okay, let's trained say let's say that Ngannou right, but let's say that Ngannou has like similar power, or that the power shots are like comparable, right? If they're comparable, if they're comparable. Deontay, there's no way Ngano is going to bring more technical prowess. Yeah, he's not exactly. He's not going to land as much as those technical. He's yeah, not going to so land as much as those power punches at all. It, it's clear how this one's going to go. I mean, I'm pretty pretty. It's confident. just a it's it's a it's a cash grab. Have him have it. I uh, yeah, and you know what? Good hope no him. one gets hurt. Yeah, his, I, there's I word that there's word that it's an exhibition, which is kind of takes the fun out of it a little bit. You want you yeah, want the dangerous exhibitions. Yeah, I don't like that. It's if it's an exhibition, I'm going to be a little hesitant on paying for it because, like, the danger factor is that, like, oh, you were you pay for the? I mean, yeah, no, you well, should pay for them. Well, you well, should always pay for them. You should pay for these events because it's important to do so. Um, but anyway, so that that's being rumored. I don't know when that's going down, or it sounds like it's going to be backed by like Saudi money. So it'll probably be in the Middle East at some point this year. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, you see how they bought one, that. You see how they merged with the PGA? Yeah, I did see that. I don't, I don't know. It's like that sports washing shit is not for me. I'm not into it. You know. Well, that's how. All right, so not to be like political, but that's how you gain influence. That's how you gain influence on a uh, world scale is by uh, uh, sports. Uh, that's why. Yeah, sports uh, washing has been going on for a really long time. It's not yeah. new, and it's and the Saudis specifically like. I don't know. Well, man. that's why uh, with the uh, World Cup, that's why it's held in the Qatar. Yeah, I know, and I'm I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Like, I didn't watch a lick of that shit, and uh, that's not why. But like, because I'm just not a soccer fan, soccer or fan. A football fan. Um, but if it was, you better, we were talking, you better if it was baseball, yourself, this is America. If it was a, <laughs> if it was, <laughs> if it was a baseball event that was being held by the Saudis, I'd have a real hard time with it. Man, imagine playing that. baseball in the desert with the <laughs> sun shining. <laughs> like, yeah, well, there's no way they could do it. I mean, those uniforms. No, because here I'm just being ignorant. But like, because uh, you could have a stadium. You could like, you know, they've terraformed islands. I'm pretty sure they could make like this. But oh, it's yeah, just funny yeah. to think of. It's well, just the funny. Habib. The Habib Poirier fight, I remember they like built that stadium like overnight. Like they just built it for that event because that's how big a star Habib was. Is that they just were just like, okay. Oh, um, it's so because he's uh, because of his religion, because he yeah. was Muslim. Uh, yes. Okay. But uh, let's let's keep moving forward. Let's plow ahead a little bit here. I just want to touch on these last two rumored bouts that are uh, potentially in the works, um, or at least they've been reported to be in the works. Uh, Davison Figueredo might be taking on Dominic Cruz. Um, that's weird because he's been talking about staying at flyweight and uh, Cruz at bantamweight. I don't love that fight for him, but I don't know where Dom's at in his career. I love that dude. He's great. He's a great commentator, great fighter, but I personally think it might be time, you know, might be time to hang him up. But that's just – I can't tell another man to retire. I mean, it's not my place, but that's just right. Don't tell him to his face. Oh, fuck no. Fuck no! I just I just tell him how damn. I just ask him what book he's read most recently. <laughs> um, another rumored bout. This is not really a rumored bout. It's definitely going down, but I just, I just don't know when it has been booked. And that's going to be that uh, welterweight title fight between Edwards, Leon Edwards, Rocky Edwards, and uh, Colby Covington. So 
that flight's going down. When it goes down, I simply do not know. Keep your eyes peeled for those three bouts that are potentially in the works. Uh, should be announcement probably at some point here soon on the three of those, um, if if and when they do happen. Um, so from here, let's take another short break. And when we get back, we're going to dive in to the content of the day. We're going to kick off the ranking show number one in our ranking show series. And we're going to talk about the top five UFC moments of you of the calendar year of 2023 so far so hang tight we'll be right back kick things off we're gonna do it this is our uh this is the first ranking show in our ranking show series so uh, let's do things um uh, let's let's kick things off what do you think errol uh give me your number five moment of the ufc calendar year 2023 number five go ahead so i feel like this should maybe be higher up but it definitely is on the list for me for sure it'd be the uh Israel Bon or Bonfim flying knee. Oh, the Bonfim yeah. knockout. Yeah, that was uh no, that was man. Come on, I, I was, I've been talking about uh, UFC game knockouts. That flying that's a knee good slump. One. That's just over. Like that's that was a good one over uh, Terrence McKinney. Yeah, that yes. was that was a brutal. That's a good one. Hey, that's not bad. That's and you pulled that one out early. That was back in January. That was a fucking savage knockout. You're, yeah, you're, dude, very you're early, like January like twenty first or something. It was early, early in the year. He came out swinging them legs. Yeah, you know what the crazy about that fight too is that like he's well he's a he's like a really touted prospect but mckinney is too mckinney is like that dude i think he actually mckinney holds the record for the uh shortest or the fastest ufc lightweight knockout of all time damn like he, he he's he's young he's not like it's not like he's like been around a while and he nailed one like he just happened to get it in an, one of his first fights he just i think it's i don't know what it was it was something ridiculous like barely like 11 seconds or something he got a knockout so um to see him get flatlined like that was like jesus christ right okay so that's your number five let me give my my number five is um not quite um a and, and by the way i should mention in this in our top five 
the it's this is specifically around fights this isn't like storylines that are going outside of going on outside of the sport um we're just talking fights like uh moments inside the octagon we'll call it yeah so my number five is actually this one could be higher up too but um Alexa Grasso at UFC 285 uh, shocks the world and upsets Valentina Shevchenko by submitting her in the fourth round. Um, That's my number five. And the reason that's my number five is because I thought that that was to see Shevchenko get beat finally is um, quite insane because, I mean, she's had some close fights in recent memory, but she's been basically a completely dominant force in that division. Um, and Grasso was not like the odds were way stacked against her. Like, I can't remember what the actual odds were, but Shevchenko was a heavy, 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 heavy favorite. Oh, and yeah. Grasso subbed her, subbed her right out. I thought that was a big, that was a pretty big deal, just given on the overall landscape of the sport and especially the women's side of the sport. It was, it was a big one. It was a big moment. Um, yeah, and it was, uh, it was big for me too, big enough to be my number four. No kidding. Oh, wow. So that's your number four. That's interesting. Okay, so we can move right into number four and we can continue talking about it a little bit. So what what was your uh, how was your reaction to that uh, that moment? What did it make well, you no, um, think? Almost uh, just exactly what you're saying. Uh, Shevchenko was just such like a dominant force that it was just a it not expected at all. And just to like, to, you know, to come out, man, that's a uh, pretty good stuff. Love to see it. Yeah, you expect – at that point, you kind of expected if you're going to see Shevchenko lose that it would probably be over five rounds in a decision or something. But to see her get finished was like nobody's seen that before. I don't think she's ever been finished up until that point. And it was a – it was to see her get subbed too, I think she got choked out, was unbelievable. And they're going to – speaking of which, that was a fight announcement I could have included. They are going to run that back in September um, – for that it'll be a championship bout on a free espn card on mexican independence weekend um oh, okay. so that's that's a big deal they're doing it at the t-mobile arena in las vegas in september um i can get the exact date pulled up but that's an interesting uh that's an interesting tidbit because you it's interesting they never do um title fights for free like they'll never do a title fight um that's just on, on like national television. That's usually a pay-per-view just because, you know, the champions get pay-per-view points. Um, Mm -hmm. but this is, uh, this is actually the second time that Shevchenko has fought on a free card in a championship bout, which, uh, as a viewer, I kind of appreciate because I like to see big fights for free. I don't want it to go out 80 bucks or, um, you know, it's, it's tough to pay for cards when you're like, you know, there's one already one every month, sometimes two, like there's two actually this month. Um, so it's nice to get a free championship out. Um, and that's actually going down on Saturday, September 16th, Mexican independence day. Um, and Alexa Grasso is Mexican. Um, so perfect, perfect, uh, perfect combo there. So that was your number four. Let me give my number four. Uh, my number four took place a few weeks later, also in a month that had two pay-per-views. Um, this took place in London at UFC 286, Leon Edwards, defeats and upsets Kamaru Usman a second time by defeating him this time over five rounds um, at that UFC 286 card in London, in his hometown too, which I thought was just unbelievable only because he had been touted as like his head. You remember the head kick from last year, right? That yeah. Usman got knocked out. 
Dude, but it, have um did you see him like practice again though? Oh, it was intentional without a doubt. Dude, the head kick textbook. was there. Yeah, and he and he he hit the money shot on Usman and knocked it out, knocked him out cold. But he but even still with that, there was doubt that like okay, Usman got distracted or was complacent or whatever you can say. That that conversation was going on. Like Usman's the true champion. Edwards, you know, just just caught him slipping for that flash in the pan moment. Leon Edwards proved that shit to be nonsense because in their trilogy fight, he went out there and beat him cleanly. In my opinion, it was clean. It was a very close fight, but it was pretty clean. He had gotten three of those rounds, potentially four. Um, and he beat him fair and square at this point in the trilogy. And I don't know that Usman will ever get another crack at that old belt. And he was what a fall from grace, this guy. I mean, he was being compared to GSP and like he was the pound for pound king and he was just like you couldn't you just didn't expect him to lose and yeah rocky edwards dude and also to be compared to the great saint pierre dude the that's a big deal dude arguably one of the like if not the best of all time yeah i mean he's he's in the conversation of top like two or three he's somewhere in that mix it's like he's if you ask me he's absolutely uh top three yeah, I would say it's hard to argue against top three. If you put him outside of your top three, I think you're 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 doing a disservice because he only lost twice and he avenged both losses. So like, I mean, that's what like, do you want from someone? What more can you do in your fight? Like you lost and then you're just like, nah, run it back. Yeah, and one of them he beat. One of them was Matt Hughes, and he beat him twice. He and like came back Matt and beat Hughes. him the second time, and then he was Matt like, "Let's Hughes go third time." Another dude, Matt Hughes, another top ten. Matt Hughes, no, maybe not top ten, but Matt Hughes. I think, a I think so. I think I so. wouldn't put him top ten, but he was a monster. He was definitely a monster. If if he's not top ten, then he'll be in my top ten moments because that uh, drag across the cage. How are you going to pick someone up and be like, "Hey, I want to talk to my corner." Yeah, and I then want to run him across. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> you run him across the other. Who's that against that... again? Who's that? That was. Um... Who was that against? Jesus, boy, that's going to be tough to pull. That one's that one's that's a deep pull right there. That's a deep pull. Um... No, it shouldn't be. Fuck, who was uh, it? Who was it? Uh, the, um... uh, was it? Uh, he finished him too. God damn, what was it? Was it Joe Riggs? No, I don't think it was that one. Shit, I can't remember. Anyways. Um, well, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Um, unless you're looking it up and if you find it, then let me know, but um, we can move on, but yeah. yeah we'll look all right. Go to, go to number three. What's your number three pick? Um, so, cause mine was so far we've got, mine was my five was Alexa Grasso beating Shevchenko. Yours was the Israel Bonfim, uh, flying knee knockout. My number four was Leon Edwards upsetting Kamara Usman. And your number four was the, also the Alexa Grasso fight. So, uh, give me number three. Let's see where you're at. Um, I'm gonna get dude the Lawler sign off. Oh, so you did pump in a UFC 290? Yeah, no, I did. I I like pretty much left after that. I saw some of the highlights, but I saw that fight. Yeah, and no, you pumped was... it in there. That's you know what I fucking love that too. I'm I'm glad you dude. did that because I wish I kind of would have pumped that in here. I it's it's it's, it it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Like it, that's crazy. Like um. I was I almost flipped this out with number two, um, mm-hmm. just with how like uh, I don't want to say like historical, but it's what more could you ask for? Guy rolls up, um, 
And then, like, you know, he's clearly the favorite. It's his last fight. He feels. Oh, no, he was an underdog, believe it or not. He was an underdog. He was the underdog? Yeah, he was an underdog. Well, because he's old and Nico Price is like younger and, you know. So tell that to the crowd who was able yeah, to no sh- who was able to get the cheer of uh let's go lol like so it's it's a whisper let's go lawler and then right. it's a you can kind of hear it let's go lol and then they get one crowd cheer let's go lawler and then bop 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 and then the guy drops like he hits him as they get the actual first let's go lawler like as a crowd and he just rocks him the dude just crumbles i was like well, the oh, best- Dude, I'll be honest. He looked, he looked fucking. This dude looked fast as shit out there. I mean, his hand speed was still there. It's like you wonder if he feels like hmm, uh, maybe I shouldn't retire. I still got something. <laughs> dude, that's what I was thinking. I was like, after that, I was like, you have one more. As you lose one, you lose one real quick. Like you know, if it is a bit, dude. I was like, you beat his ass, dude. Do one more. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, one more. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's amazing. He's, he, you know what? You know what? You already, I think you just beat me on this fight because <laughs> you're on this, on this, on this, on this moment. On the moments. On the moments. Cause like I def, well, I didn't want to include anything from 290 just because um, I felt like that's officially on the other side of the second half of the year. But like there were no rules about it. I mean, it, it's, it is what it is. Like, but I, I definitely agree with you. That's a top five, especially they put that like nice video package together for yeah, him. It yeah, was the, exactly. I got emotional watching that straight Dude, up. I did too. I, I, I like, got a little emotional watching that. Um, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. Like, it was just for if, if, if this is the send off, which, Dude, Rob definitely is. Stay around, definitely, man. definitely man. No. You got. You can no, do that. He needs, he needs to. Because listen, you well, and also that's the thing too. Top, like, and that's the thing. Yeah, if it is a, if if it is a send off too, out as a beast, like just out as bop right. bop bop bop. Came out Gun. the way he came in. Right, just big knockout, folding people. <laughs> he must have kind of felt, you know, what? he must have kind of felt a, there must have been like a little ounce of disappointment too. Because you, I, like, you could he see it. the knockout, he's like, you could like, see it, you could, it was so bittersweet. If um, not that, was, not just that though, like I, he didn't get to really get going, like, well, no, just, that's what, like, you can almost see it, like, it's like it was over before it started, and it's like, yeah, it's he so, had a lot of adrenaline like, still to get rid right, of. and it's it's so great, and it's it's the last time you're gonna hear the cheers, too. And but, like, yeah. what other better way than just like just starting, like, because you, you don't want to get hurt, you know what I mean? You don't want to, you don't, it's a good fight if it's close, but you don't want it to be close, you don't want to go out there and like barely earn your keep. Went out there and just. yeah right just boom that's why y'all had me here that's why i'm here to compete or that's why i was i'll see you you know see you in the hall of fame but that's pretty great add that to the highlight reel (laughs) you know tag that onto the tag (laughs) that onto the video that's that's the one they'll show because it's most recent and it was also like he's one of the first retirees that like was like i'm gonna retire and then and like he says it ahead of the fight then goes into the retirement fight and actually gets like a spectacular knockout. That's that's not a thing that happens much. But he, he did say he was. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right though. Usually it's just someone gets fed up one time and they chuck the gloves into the audience. Just, yeah, it's know. not even just that. They're mostly just most of the time if they, especially if they announce that it's a retirement, it's usually like like Frankie Edgar's retirement fight was a bad one. Like he got he got he got a uh, matched up against like a killer and got knocked out cold and. They just, I don't know, sometimes it gets kind of nasty and it's its not fun to watch these guys retire sometimes. But this was a moment, like, 
please stay retired because that was that was what fans want to see when like their heroes go out in a blaze of glory like that and and victorious. Um, oh yeah. But that was your number three. That's a good pull right there. I'm going to give it to you. But my number three, I actually still think is a quality number three. And it's a quality number three on this silly little list. But it's, it is a, it will go down in the pantheon of like all time fights, in my opinion. It is an unbelievable bout. And that was shown in Perth, Australia at UFC 284 back in February of this year when Alexander Volkanovsky and Islam Makhachev went all five rounds in an arguably fight of the year and truly one of the most exciting fights you'll ever see, especially in a fight where we're like, it had everything. It had wrestling. There were moments on the feet. There were knockdowns. There were submission attempts. There was there was taunting. There was like trash talk. I mean, it had everything. And I think part of that fight that was so interesting is that now that Habib is gone, Islam is kind of like, you know, he's the heir apparent to, to Habib in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever saw Habib in, like, danger, really. Like, there's, like, obviously the, you know, I mean, whatever. There's the old trope. That, like, that man has, a, dude, he never bled. Right. He, he never was, bled, bro. That Yeah, that's bled. the thing. I was like, he never lost a round. It's borderline. Uh, who was that one Russian wrestler who, like, never lost a point? Granted, he was uh, half steroids, but... Um, can't think of his name. He's like the most fucking scary person ever. I don't know. I can't hold I on. Give me, give me a second because uh, uh, continue with well, your, you. Look uh, it up and I'll you look it up and I'll continue. But um, so in my opinion, it was like Habib is is so Islam is like the the heir apparent, and that's you know largely true because he's only lost once and he's he's otherwise looked completely dominant. But this was the first time where like okay, I think most viewers and Errol, if you stay with me on this one. I think most viewers were kind of like substituting Islam into the Habib thing where like, okay, uh, this is the next, we're going to get a follow-up. This is like the sequel. This is like, I was, I was writing that. Right. Habib is the Godfather and the Godfather part two is uh, Makhachev where it's like, okay, this is going to be good. And it potentially could be, he could be even better. Maybe like his career could be even better. And and no and every time that people thought that someone was good, everybody was talking shit. Like Connor's gonna go in there and beat Habib. Gagey will go in there and beat Habib. Poirier will beat Habib, and he just mopped up all of them. And this was the first time. This was the first time that I think people were like, "Oh shit!" Like he had Islam never looked human until he ran into Volkanovski. And Volkanovski, yeah. I'll, I'll take this, I'll take this all the I've watched that fight probably three or four times total. Probably could watch it again if I wanted and probably and likely still because all four times I've come up with the same uh you know the same conclusion which is Volkanovski won the fight. And that's that's just what I think. And Islam did get his hand raised, but for me Volkanovski won that fight. Um, and there's a ton, you could talk about that fight forever. There's so much that went on in it. And it was, it was just an unbelievable fucking bout. And um, for me, it was like, it was so fun to watch because it was like, finally we have a fighter who's like met the match of like the, un, of like the, it was like an immovable object meets a, or a, a, what is it? What's it? It's like a unlimited force meets an unmovable yeah, object yeah, a, uh, a um, unstoppable force a, unstoppable a force yeah. right it's like that that was like the moment where it happened where i was like oh shit this like this is a fight it's a real fight and it was 
it was so fun to watch. It was probably, I would say it's the most fun I've watched. I've had watching a full five round fight this year easily. Um, but we've got two more to go. So we'll, we'll keep rolling. Errol, what was your number two? Uh, it was, uh, honestly, I feel bad. It was your, uh, it was the Izzy, uh, oh no, sorry, no, never mind. Uh, yeah, no, my my number two was the uh, Izzy uh, Pereira second. Oh, uh, the knockout. Fight. So when Israel knocks out uh, Alex Pajeda to regain the middle a middleweight championship fight. No, uh, the fight before that. Oh, that was last year. See that one. It count. was. Wait, which one are you talking about? When he knocked when Adesanya no, knocked was, out Pajeda. I was I was talking about when uh, Pajeda knocked out. Uh, that was oh. last year. Yeah, that was last year. Oh my god! Oh, we should have vetted your list. You blew it. I gotta stop drinking. Okay, then yeah, no, we'll see. Uh, all right, so uh, I'll say Plug in uh, the second one. Plug in the 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 yeah, the that's, that's exactly what. Yeah, so uh, that's what you do. On the, the, the first this is radio. the first one. Uh, <laughs> the first one. Um, I was really uh, kind of impressed it and think uh, a lot of people. Uh, you, you'll probably think I was wrong too, dude. I I didn't look like a. Uh, uh, Peta was uh hanging with it. No, and then uh, I thought I mean he got the finish, but like I thought I thought if that fight went to the bell, it, uh, Izzy would no, it's not even a question. Izzy's taking that fight if it goes all the way, all the way to the right. bell. But he got finished, man. Yeah. So so for him to uh come by and uh like just confirm what quote unquote he you know thought in a such a spectacular fashion, um mm-hmm. Very, uh, very savory for uh, for Izzy. Very good for him. Yeah. Oh, the the well, that's apropos. So, so like, we, we so, well, let me give my let me give my number two because then I, I'm just gonna spoil it now. My number one is the Adesanya uh, knockout back in April when he knocks out per, per, Pereira or Pajeda, however you pronounce it. Yeah. That's that's my number one. That's so my my number two or. My number two was that, and I had like the kind of back and forth with it, is what I, uh, but I, I didn't, I forgot that we were, uh, when you said we we're talking about just like the fights, I was like, oh no. Well, this will be interesting. So we'll, we'll see what's, what's your, uh, what your number one is. Um, let me give my actual number two, and then let's, uh, I'll give my number two, and then you'll give your number one, and then I want to circle back to the Adesanya knockout because uh, there's, there's a bunch to say about that. So, um, your number two is the Adesanya knockout. My number two was um, John Jones coming back after multiple years and re and just just absolutely demolishing Cyril Gaon in the first round at UFC 285. Um, and just getting, coming back and showing up. Yeah, and just literally just absolutely bulldozing Cyril Gaon and. Um, the, you're regaining the heavyweight championship and then like of all the the thing that i think it will age the best of that moment in the sports history is when he says i got one more thing grabs the mic and hits you with the bah, hits you with <laughs> that, that hits you with that that goat bah and i thought like man this dude's he he was just on top of the world that night i mean as far as i'm concerned that's like the most accomplished mixed martial artist ever and like he that was the apex that was like the best team ever that's i've never seen i've never been more impressed by john jones we'll put it that way john, john jones is the uh, baddest man on the planet right now if you ask period me. period i think he beats the shit out of uh, francis and gano too to be honest with you i but. i do too and also um if you roll there's not a worse posse that you can roll up on or get rolled up on besides like you know a literal like you know united states like uh navy seal team 
Right. Uh, that would be uh, John Jones and his brothers. Yeah, yeah. Three baddest guys at in any room at any time, unless like you have the weaponry, like high caliber weaponry. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, all right, so give me your number one. I, I'm I'm titillated here. I'm on the edge of my seat. Uh, dude, you said it, man. It was uh, it was the Edwards Usman, man. Oh, the Edwards fight, really? I love you. Said was your number one. You I love Rocky Lisa. Edwards. Uh, well, it was a, the, uh, yeah, he was, um, it was just like the, the first, the, the first fight where he hits the, the, gets the head kick and like, uh, just everything. It's so, um, it's such an inspirational story because oh, I, yeah. I think Kamaru Usman is the more athletic person. Like if I had <laughs> to choose to fight the two of those people, like, you know, you have to fight one of them, man, I'm cho- I'm choosing the champ. <laughs> it's literally, it's literally a Rocky story, though. It's like right. he, he, it's so funny because he, he's literally a Rocky story, and his his nickname has always been Rocky. And like, it's just a um, it's such a beautiful thing. Like, just a you, you could tell it was like a whole like camp thing. Like, it was everyone, the whole team coming together, like working uh, for him to like achieve yep. the goal. Exactly. Not only once. <laughs> fucking reassuring <laughs> that it wasn't just a fluke and that he's he's here for it yeah. and that's um i think uh, i think uh leon edwards fighter of the year no, no question yeah that's an amazing choice i'm um i actually like in hindsight it really was such a moment too because like it i think that that like made the head kick knockout even bigger which i didn't even think was possible because like of how right. unbelievably cool it was i was so scared for him both fights man and I, I, dude, I, I love Kamar Usman. I, I was so hard to, I was like, you know, I was like, I'll vote for the quote unquote good guys. Like neither of them are bad, but like, you got to vote for the underdog, man. You got to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, I love Usman too. And his career should be like, it'll be respected when he's gone. But like this did, this did take those two losses, take a big hit on him. I mean, his career is definitely taking a step back um, we'll see how he, we'll see how he looks when he comes back. Honestly, like I, might... I truly think it just says more about uh, Leon Edwards than it does to take away from Kamaru Usman. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's I just, just, it's just the, uh, Leon just Edwards up. is just a pressure cooker, man. He's fucking, well, he's a, uh, he's just a, uh, he's ready for it, dude. Dude was fucking born at the bottom of the sea, dude. He's good under pressure when it gets like <laughs> really gritty. Like, you know, cause that's the thing. A lot of the time, if you are someone as talented as like Kamaru Usman, or if you're like a generational talent, like you're just built different, you can rely on that strength that you have. You can just rely on that generational talent that you have, like just being built different. Um, yeah. You can tell like Leon, just an in-shape guy, but he wasn't the most like in-shape person. Like he had to, it's the dude, it's what I was saying earlier, it's the willpower. And they also he, made him take the long road. Like he had to fight so many more times. To, he had to put together like a 12 unbeaten streak. Because they didn't, because no one believed him. I didn't even believe no. him when he stepped up. I don't even I didn't either, know that he's champion. Well, this is why I'm so curious to see what happens with him against Covington, because Covington is going to test him in a little different. I'm way. so, dude, I'm so scared that Covington's just going to mm, just yeah, Covington's get gonna it wrestle just for it. Dude, I'm so, I'm so like, not like worried, but I'm going to be so mad when he, like, if. If he Kobe wins, yeah, just wins, just wins, especially like, with, just, especially just, when it's Rocky. Like if he beat Usman, Usman's a little cringy sometimes. Well, that's he doesn't Kamaru, want, but, but that's the thing. He doesn't. I guarantee he doesn't want to fight Kamaru again. 
I know he Ooh, doesn't. Covington? Covington? Yeah. No, yeah, probably not. I, mean, I know he, he doesn't. No. Um, but let me say, before we move on, we'll take a quick break next, but before we move into the bonus segment, I want to I want to make sure we have some time to talk about really quickly um, my number one and your number two, which was um, that Izzy knockout of Pajeda at 287 um, in Miami for that middle – to get back his middleweight belt. In my opinion, I have never been more, like, amp, amped up, completely fucking – I mean, I was shocked too. Like, I, I hate to say that because I believe in that dude. That's I, my favorite so, fighter by far. And I'll so say that. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't shocked. Was. I wasn't shocked as much as I was during the first fight when, um, when uh, Alex did go toe to toe with him. So, mm-hmm. like, when it happened, it. I don't want to say it was like relief, but at the same time, I was like, I kind of knew, like, as like well, from what I was feeling from the first fight, it was kind of rocky. But like, mm-hmm. did you see like <laughs> the disrespect? So like he hits him, he hits him with the uh, probably not the exact reference because he's just shooting a ball at him. But I was like, how are you gonna hit him with the Minecraft? <laughs> just, hit it with three. Hit him with three Even, with the drum. The bow yeah, but you drum. get you you get the reference to the bow. Right? Yeah, like, because it's the, the yeah. This is walkout. Right. That's Pajeda's walkout. But like the beautiful part about it was like, in my opinion, what like people like just like the so you got like the Usman and the Leon fight, right. That had like, there's so much like theater involved in that, like in a lot of ways, because of like just how things played out. This is like the same thing. It's very similar, but I think even more because it's like redemptive where like it's redemptive in these beautiful ways. It's, let me explain. Like, it's, it's, let me explain just for a second. Yeah. He, he basically, so like, so Izzy wins most of that first fight. Right. And Izzy also almost knocks uh, paid out in the first fight. This is at UFC 281 in New York city. In at MSG, in the first yes. round, Izzy almost knocks out Pajeda. He hits him with an over the overhand right and a left hook, and right at the buzzer in the first round, and Pajeda survives. Him. Yeah, and, and he stumbled. And if that round continues, not would have had him. Uh, but he got, had got him on. on he had him on skates and then froze yep, him for sure. Also. Yep. So then they move on. The fight continues, and and we see what happens. Pajeda knocks Izzy out in the last round, and. He backs him up against the cage, hits him with that that like crazy ass left hook from hell that Pajeda has, and um, knocks him out. In the second fight, and this is what I think is so fucking unbelievable. You can't write this stuff; it's so poetic. Izzy draws him in. I don't know if this is intentional, if this is part of the game plan or not. I don't think he's ever been public about it, but I, I just I just like to believe it because it makes it even more theatric. Izzy draws him in up against the cage. To throw the same fucking combination that Izzy was knocked out in with with in the first fight, and he throws it. Pajeda throws it. He throws a. It's like a check left hook, and Izzy's covered up. He goes. He digs to the body with the right hand, and then he's trying to land that left hook on Izzy. And he he initially hits him to back him up first, and Israel backs up against the cage, from what eyes can see, and instead of like. It was almost like he channeled like I'm not fucking going out like this again, or it was like I know I'm I know if I if I let he's like a, he's like times. I've been here. Yeah. Well, it was almost like I know if I know what he's gonna do in this moment because he got me with it last time. So I'm gonna make him do it again, but this time I'm gonna counter with the same overhand right that I almost knocked him out with, and it was like the two knockouts combined. 
right from the first fight. Right. It was like, like he, he he took everything he learned from both fights and combined. It's it. beautiful. It's beautiful. And it was like it was like almost like Izzy got the knockout, got an almost knockout in the first round, and then got knocked out in the fifth. He took both of those scenarios and combined them into his knockout and was like, now I just got to get this right. He's like, I was almost, yeah, right. he's like, I was almost there for the perfect scenario both times. I just need and, to learn. And he up. did it too. And it, when he, and obviously, you know, the celebration and like, you know, uh, no, that, in that my is, opinion, it's, it that was is, the most incredible knockout of the year in my moment of the year for sure. That is beautiful because it goes to show exactly how close he was to winning those other fights. Of it course. could it it could it was a coin flip. It yeah. was legitimately a coin flip, and he proved it by bringing that scenario uh, back yeah. in real he ro- time. He rose to the, he rose to the occasion in a way that like I've never seen a fighter do because like he had already lost. Remember, he lost to Pajeda in kickboxing twice. Yeah, before. that's what and I was so, gonna like, say earlier. Dude's zero three against him in on combat sports, and he was just like, it don't matter. It doesn't matter. This is a new fight, and he he figured out a way to land the knockout punch that overhand right and just he cleaned him up and i i in my opinion i think that i went berserk i mean i just went so berserk when that happened because he is my favorite fighter i mean he's his personality is like i don't know he's just cool as 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 the other side of the pillow for me and he's to see him succeed is like he's he's an exciting fighter every time out and i love his fight style he's he's the best and that that getting that done was great and i can't wait to see what the next fight brings so Oh, uh, not to draw away from them, but I remember that Russian guy was at uh, Alexander Carolyn. I, I don't think I've ever even heard of him, but he sounds the like Russian a bear, dude. We might. Oh, even, the Russian bear. I think I've heard of this. Yeah, we might even need to, to like borderline talk about him. He he didn't lose a point in uh Jesus like Olympic wrestling. <laughs> like how did not not a, not a round? He didn't. No one scored a point on him. Oh Jesus! He was, How do you like not get King Kong? Yeah, you don't no no takedowns, no reversals, no anything, no escapes, no escapes. That's the thing that gets me because when I wrestled, I was bad at wrestling, and I would get an escape, get me out of this, <laughs> get one time, break the grip, stand up, take him back Jesus. down. Dang it! He did lose but, in the Olympics though. He lost a decision in the two thousand. Oh yeah, no, he did to the to the American. Yeah, he did eventually. He did. So he eventually did lose, but for that time, for the time that he didn't, he was not losing. Yeah, no, when it, yeah, exactly. But no, you're, I forgot. Um, how did I forget that, dude? I've not American, man. I should have watched that yeah, on the Fourth of right. July, dude. He, um, <laughs> that American dude, dude. That's a. It was just a big boy, just a yeah, big old farm to boy. Bear this time. <laughs> but the thing, with the thing was, is uh, you know, the American, he wasn't uh, quote unquote like doing steroids. He was just a. Just a, just an American dog. clean American muscle. Yeah, and he fucking yeah exactly. He just <laughs> dogged him. He fucking beat him. I think he. I think he might have won with like an escape or something. Like he, I think he got like a he. He got the points and then he just needed to wait it out. And it was just like it was unheard was of. It was, a, it was a position that Alexander's like never been in where he needed to score. And he's just like, nope, just not. Gonna, if if I'm not mistaken, he's like just not gonna let you do it. And then fucking. Yeah. Okay. It's either that or he had to like hit a reversal or an escape like the last couple seconds. It, either way, it was it was wild. It was he, one of those. It was a uh, honestly, I I think that story is better than the Mighty Ducks. I think it's a more harrowing, especially knowing that the Russian team died back in the day. That's a more harrowing story than the Mighty Ducks, if you ask me. 
Well, it says it right here. It is in the. It says prior to his final match versus American Rulon Gardner in September 2000, which he lost, a point had not been scored against him in yeah. the competition in the previous six years. That, I'm telling you, that's literally like that's a Herculean that's feat. Like that's, yeah, that's a absurd. that dude's a monster. Like what do you, you? No one's ever, no one's ever escaped his grasp. Go and beat him. <laughs> yeah, for America. We'll plug him in. No, we'll plug him in and somewhere down the road. We'll we'll do. We should. Least, yeah. If if not um if not him, him, if not him, then just the fight in the buildup. Yeah. Well, that yeah, moment is. We could. We yeah. could definitely do that. Oh well, yeah. No, we talk. We talk about sports. We, we talk about could, a lot of things. All right. That'd beautiful. be that'd be a moment. Let's plug that. Well, let's plug that in. Um, down the pike here. We got a couple put, already lined up, but we can we can bookmark that one for. We'll put that in the refrigerator, and then we'll throw yeah, it on the back cool. burner. That's right. All right, so let's uh, let's take a short break, and we are going to jump into our bonus segment after this. We're going to put together our uh, UFC 300 fantasy card. This is that card's probably coming up in the spring. We don't know. We don't have an exact date or matchups haven't even been speculated yet. But we, we're going to listen. This is going to be a fantasy card. Remember, folks, this is a fantasy card. This is just what we want to see. It's not about the real the realistic nature of whether or not their schedules match up or who's champion and who's this and who's that this is just it's a fantasy card for errol and i to just throw your Have way fun. and see if you enjoy it yeah we're just these are fun matchups that we want to see so um we'll take a short break and then we will come back and we will pump that out so hang tight we'll be right back Close out this episode with our bonus segment, 
our uh, UFC 300 card. Errol, you want to kick things off? Give me your first fight of the UFC 300 fantasy card. Oh, I thought we were going to do just boom, boom, bing, bong. Oh, you want to do it like that? Yeah, we can do it like that. Let me, I uh, thought we were. Yeah, you go ahead and just pump yours out. Let me, yeah, let me go first because I think I got a. a I want to see who's is better. And I think you, you know might. what, dude? I almost want you to go first because I'm like positive I have a better one. You think so? Yeah, go further. I'm confident. Go first. All right, I'll go first. I'll gladly go first. You went first on the last one, so you went first on the last one. So let's do it. I'll go first. Okay. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. All right, let's do it. So for my first fight of the night, this is on the Fantasy UFC 300 card. Fight number one is going to be the UFC Women's Flyweight Championship fight. Rose Namajunas moving up to 125. To challenge who I who I imagine will be the flyweight champion at the time, Valentina Shevchenko, Rose Namajunas versus Valentina Shevchenko for the flyweight championship fight. Who that, that's what we got from fight number one. That's a fucking crazy fight, by the way. I that like that. And that Rose, be. she's gonna she'd bring out people too. Yeah, that's well. She's she's fighting at one twenty five now, so she's like officially moved up to one twenty five. Big big time fight. Uh, that would be fun. Um, fight number two. Okay, so from here on, you're really buckling. This is gonna get good. Fight number two. A rematch. Now I thought about this being higher up on the card, to be honest with you, and I actually think it probably should be. Should be almost number one. Um, but I'm gonna put it at my number four slot. The UFC lightweight championship, a rematch between Islam Mahachev and Alexander Volkanovsky. In the second fight, and by the way, that's not even unrealistic because those two might, those two are going to get matched up again at some point. When and where, I don't know. Fight number three, and this is right before the co-main. Next up after this will be the co-main and main event. So, fight number three. By the way, this is the, so far these are all championship bouts, and realistically, I'm trying to include who I think will be champion at the time, and they, they might not be right now, but I, I assume to them to be at the time. Fight number three, UFC light heavyweight championship bout. Alex Pajeda versus Yuri Prohatska. Okay. Which, let me tell you something. You, you said you hadn't seen Yuri Prohatska fight. That yeah. fight would be absolutely fucking batshit crazy. Like if we if if we as UFC fans do do you wind up getting that fight at one point? I don't care where it lands. If it's UFC 300, if it's fucking 320. If that fight happens, fucking get get your shillings ready. You will not melt. That is a fight you will not want to miss. You cannot miss that fight. If you are any, if you even call it, consider yourself a fight fan anyway, that fight would be so fucking crazy. Um, I mean, just, just somebody's going to sleep and it's just going to be violence. It's just going to be unbelievably violent. Um, that's my fight number three. Fight number four, and this one you'll like, Errol. UFC middleweight championship bout: Israel Adesanya versus Hamzat Chimaev. <laughs> I do like that. I do. I do like that. Realistically, I I really like that. Oh yeah, like like, and by the way, also realistic because Chimaev is in the middleweight division now, and like he's basically only one fight away, and we'll see what what goes on with old uh, Izzy and Duplessis. We'll see how that fight winds up, but man, that fight would be the ultimate test for Izzy. 
it'd be great to see Hamza in a title fight at some point because this dude is a fucking demon from hell um, in in the welterweight division. All right, so just to recap, before I really before I unveil my uh, main event for this fantasy card, we have number one Rose Namajunas versus Valentina Shevchenko. Um, number two, Islam Mahachev um, versus Alexander Volkanovsky. Two. Uh, number three, Alex Pajeda versus Yuri Prohatska. Number four, Israel Adesanya versus Hamzat Shemaev. Errol, get ready. And number five, your main event of the evening, a UFC heavyweight championship fight between John Jones and the returning Brock fucking Lesnar. No fucking shot. <laughs> no fucking shot. They would, dude. You would. What do you that mean? would. He's, that oh, would. He's, te- he's only forty five. He's only. 45. That would. That would tear down the house. <laughs> that would. I'm saying, dude. That would bring out the WWE fans again. Dude, oh my that god, would, dude. Would that would have highest- so much stir. It would have the highest selling. It's not even that unrealistic only because, well, I, I thought about it for a second. I was like, oh, man, Brock's probably like almost 50 now. Dude, he's only 40. He just turned like 45. And he's obviously still in shape from the like WWE days. He's teased to come back within the last couple of years. Jones is the greatest of all time. If there's any fight that Brock could ever get up for to fight, Jones versus Brock Lesnar is your is a main event heavyweight championship fight like you could not imagine. It's bigger than it's even bigger than way bigger than. Francis it's bigger too. than them. It's way bigger than them. Oh, it'd be and it would it would fucking deliver. It would deliver, would it not? You know it would. That fight would absolutely deliver, dude. I would I would borderline try to make it out for that just for the book. Oh, just dude. to be in the place, be just to be giddy. Venue. Oh yeah. So, so to recap, so, so yeah, let me just do a quick recap and then we're going to shift over to yours. So number one, Rose Namajunas versus Valentina Shevchenko, UFC Women's Flyweight Championship. Number two, uh, Islam Mahachev versus Alexander Volkanovsky, two UFC Lightweight Championship. Uh, number three, Alex Bejeda versus Yuri Prohaska for the UFC Light Heavyweight Championship. Number four, co-main event, Israel Adesanya versus Hamzat Shemaev in the UFC middleweight championship bout and number five in your main event, John Jones, the heavyweight champion versus returning Brock Lesnar for the UFC heavyweight championship. Boom. Beat that. Let me see if you can beat that, son. Okay. I'm interested though. Let's see what you got. I think you got some, I think you got some more like less like championship center fights that are going to be way more fun, but I'm curious. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, bear with me for, Point two seconds. Um, yes. Okay. So first fight. Um, I think it's a little unrealistic, but I would like to see. I, I you know what I'd like to see. I would like to see uh, Zhang uh, Wiley versus yeah Zhang Wiley versus uh, Shevchenko or the winner of the Grasso Shevchenko fight for. The uh for the bad mama Sita belt in <laughs> the bad mama Sita. Oh, so you're gonna put the BMF on the, yeah. the or the BM uh the, the BMS BMC the BMC right? I was thinking about something uh yeah BMC or something like the you know bad mama jamma or like you know like quote oh, like I think cool. ba- I think like baddest bitch would be a little too on the nose and a little 
Yeah, yeah, uh, I don't like that as much. Right, yeah, but like you know, uh, like uh, yeah, I like, like the bad Mamacita, but that's I like... like the baddest Mamacita. Like, and I, I, all right, so for the for the weight class, dude, whatever you're comfortable at, just under one thirty five. Like, just like, I think, like <laughs> yeah. just just Where to show up. You know what I mean? Just like kind of just be honest. <laughs> you know, just kind of show fight up. Is, that fight is amazing. But I mean, I've, I didn't even consider that. But I do. I would love to see that fight. That fight would yeah. be so fun. She- Shevchenko. Uh, yeah, I want to see that just for a, it. Doesn't even need to be for a title, but just to get the just to get a little stir in the women's fight. There can. Yeah. There's so much, but there, granted, there's a lot more weight classes in the men's. But there's uh, extra belts. There's extra stuff. Uh, get something going. Get a little bit of uh, stir the pot for the women's. I gotta say, you're off to a good start because that's that's pretty excellent right there. Okay. Okay. Let's move on to the next one. Well, um, if you think that's a good start, then, uh, dude, my number three is uh, we're looking at uh, Volkanovski versus uh, versus a Toporia. Oh, Toporia. Oh, yeah. You're gonna, for their, oh, for their, because they're bad blood. Hell yeah. They're fucking, yeah there, he, there seems to be some. Toporia's been out. saying that he's been dodging him. He said you took the easy way out. He's like, you, well, you dodged me. It's only because it, it's only because he's trying to go up to the well, to exactly, lightweight again. Exactly. Yeah. But Taporia is Taporia is, I mean, that's probably next. That's probably next. I mean, if he doesn't go to lightweight, and it's either your fight or mine. It's either going to be it's going to be Islam or it's, or he's going to stay at one forty five and he's going to fight Taporia. I would pick Volk in that fight to be honest with you. Taporia gets hit a lot. He's fucking. Excellent. Oh yeah, no, I, I'd pick uh, Volkanovski too. Yeah, I mean Taporia is excellent, but he uh, I would pick I would pick Volk to get that done. But boy, I'd love to see that fight. It'd be fireworks. Yeah, speaking of another person talking about dodging for uh <laughs> before we even get into our co-main event, we're looking at Usman Chimaev. Yes, bro, you're picking some these are like hella realistic, by the way. Dude, bad blood between those two as well, man. Oh, They're yeah. looking oh yeah. There's all uh, kinds of shit right now. Yeah, exactly. I want to see him at uh whatever uh I want to I want to see uh you know Chimaev move move up. I want to see him move up. You know what's great about that? So far, you've named two of your three fights. You might not even have to wait until next year to see. They're probably already going to happen. <laughs> That's what's so sick. See, um, right. and so so my co-main event is also pre- pretty realistic, but oh, oh, man. man, um. We're looking at uh, Yuri Prohaska versus uh, uh, Jamal Hill to settle oh, it, to see yeah, who's yeah. actually the best when it comes to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that I mean that fight is also probably when it next. comes to the light heavyweight. Yeah, count me in on that. Okay, because I'm I mean th- those two have been circling each other since Jamal won the belt. So like, count me in on that. Okay. So pretty much for the fights, I've just been trying to like build it up in the weight class into there. So that would be like a regular apex. And that actually was my number one for a little bit. But then I thought I was like, this is my fantasy, dude. This is my fucking UFC 300. So so we're going the craziest fight that would ever that could ever happen, at least realistically. If you ask me, we're looking Khabib Nurmagomedov. Versus okay. George St. Pierre. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're running them both back to see who's okay. exactly the best okay. tactician of all okay. time. We got a 42 year old GSP. We got Khabib 
34 oh, years shit. old, dude. We got, that. dude, we got them fighting, man. We got them going at it, dude. That that's the the Brock Lesnar fight might draw me out. GSP coming out of retirement with Khabib. I am going to sit outside the stadium if I can't afford it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to literally. I'll be on the radio outside. I'll be. I'll. I'll grill. I'll grill outside. I'll have a. You know right. what I mean? I'll tailgate. Don't yeah. even care. I'm there. I think. I, well, here's here's my. Before I talk about the fight, I will say, um, Jesus. I still think my card is better, but goddamn, you might have stumped me on that main event. I think you might have trumped me on the main event. I mean, your card is damn good. Also, your card is hella realistic. Like you're, like I your think you're. Is- I think you put more like actual thought into the card into a like a a more feasible one that would be like crazy. I just went kind of balls to the wall. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I was just problem, like, what do I want to see? Well, the only. I don't know which. Well, let's let's ask this question: Which main event is more realistic, Jones versus Lesnar? Uh, Jones Lesnar, because you only need to get one person out of retirement. Other than yeah, no, so here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. Uh, it just it depends on a uh, GSP because I'm pretty sure GSP yeah, is fighting. adamant. Yeah, exactly, I'm pretty fighting. sure he's adamant and not fighting anymore. But Khabib said the only way he would ever come out of retirement is if he were to fight GSP. He's yeah, like, That's he's the... still not. He's not coming either, though, because he yeah. he came out later and said like because he like promised his mother that like he he's not he's not he. I think he goes. Him. I think he goes out for that fight just to uh. That's you a. You would. I think he goes out for that because uh uh GSP is uh, uh all time. He well, so Khabib considers George St. Pierre the greatest fighter of all time. In, yeah, I mean uh, that's that's not unreasonable. Yeah, in in the UFC, he considers GSP uh the best. So I'm pretty sure if GSP was like, I will fight you in front of everyone. He's going to be like, ma, he's my hero. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, one more fight. Yeah, like, yeah, he's going to be like, look, maybe. like, and it's not, like, they're not going to go out there. They're not going to try to, like, you know, it's not bad blood. They're not going to try to break each other's necks. They're not going to try to, like, you know, punch each other. It's a, it's a violent sport, but I, I don't believe that they would go into that, like, all right, I need to end this. Like, you know, like, just... Like you might see like a crazy knockout, but I'm pretty sure it's just going to be a more like. But hey, you know that's a. I still think Khabib smash. Spe- special the, wait no, hold on. Special rules: ten rounds. <laughs> GSP will win because no, I don't do. No, <laughs> I don't know. Finish. So here's the thing. I think if it was back in the day, it would have been a different fight. But uh, Khabib's gas tank is uh, ungodly. Um, yeah, I was no watching worries. videos. I was watching videos with him, and it was just a uh, he would wrestle someone, and then like wrestle them until they're tired, and then you know, boom, next round, fresh guy, wrestle him until he's tired, next guy. Those two people, they're taking a breather because they you know can't handle it. Wrestling the next guy, boom. He needed, yeah, but like, that's how most. That's how actually most training goes, though. That's like the the cycling, so, the the, the yes. cycling. Yes. So you, you cycle, want you want to you want you want to be the most tired person. If you're the athlete, who's yeah. So that's the, fight, the thing. The most you, you, that's the thing. You want to be the most tired, but this man was wearing the people <laughs> he's, down. He's, he's just wearing them wearing down. Yeah, to where they're like, dude, I don't want to. What do you mean I'm next? Like you beat over. Like no, I'm not going <laughs> back out there. Like no, I'm not. Like that's it's a it's a uh, like extra. It's like an extra level uh, endurance that you don't yeah. really see unless like you've trained for that kind of stuff like your whole life. Um, the other good is, one I would have liked to see is I would have liked to see Habib and uh, Usman, like prime Usman. I would have loved that. That would have been an amazing fight. But 
Yeah. I don't know. Now I now I'd probably favor Nurmagomedov probably way more, obviously after the defeats. But God damn, honestly, hey, hey, listen, you showed out. That was that. Those are both those cards are fucking excellent. And listen, we will. Um, I'll post on our Twitter page. Both of our cards will be up on the on the on the Twitter page. Our UFC 300 fantasy cards, um, along with our uh, UFC moments of the year. Um, we'll put all that content up on the uh, on our Twitter page for viewers to look at. I'll. Um, post them, you, uh, with the episode tomorrow. So, do you have a uh, do you have an undercard? Do you have like just a oh, little... I've got honorable mentions. Yes, I do. Yeah, I, oh, I yes, have I one. Do. I have one for sure. And that this honestly, okay. other than the literal Khabib and uh, Saint Pierre coming back, it, it would be my favorite fight for sure. What's that? Let's hear it. Uh, Holloway Chang Sung Jung. That's coming, bro. That's gonna happen. That's already that's built. happening, dude. Those yes, are my two favorite fights, dude. How did I not know that? Yeah, Let's so go. I'm telling you, they're fighting in Singapore. Let's uh, go. Korean Zombie and Max Holloway are fighting in Singapore August dude. like 20 something. This is excellent, dude. <laughs> this is like, yeah. Dude, this is awesome, dude. This That's is not fantasy anymore. This is real. Dude, this is my reality. Uh, for me, for an undercard fight, I got a couple undercard fights that I would like to throw at you. So, like, one I like desperately would like to see is uh um this one's tough for me though, because it's it is a rematch, but like I just thought it was a fucking wild fight and I'd like to see it again. And people, people are going to, if you hear this one and you don't, and people will shit on it a little bit because whatever it, it, the, the expectation is one result over another, but like, I, I really want to see Gagey and Oliveira fight again. Yeah. Cause that fight was fucking batshit bananas for like the first, for as long as it lasted, the whole first round was just craziness. And I know Gagey got finished, but like, I would fucking love to see that. Um dude, I think they're both great fighters. I almost like uh, wanted to mention like Gagey Chandler. Yeah, that, that rematch would be fun. What about hold on, I got one for you. What about fucking what about Gagey versus Holloway? Yeah. The best he's the best boxer in the UFC, baby. What about that though? What about because Max Holloway is probably like my second favorite fighter in the sport, but I and, and Gagey, I love Gagey too, but what about Max and Gagey at, at lightweight? That I would be dude, fun. I like I like Max, but dude, I think Gagey's got that. Gagey's might have a little too much pop. That's what I'm dude, and the wrestling. Like I Nah, he won't use the wrestling against Max. Nobody can take Max down. Max has like really good he wrestling. Does, yeah, he knows. Yeah. He's got a really good like defensive wrestling. Um hold on, I've got another potential undercard fun, crazy fight for you. Um hold on, I had a couple pulled up. What about um let's go to heavyweight? What about Ooh, ooh, hold on. I got some good ones at heavyweight. So uh I would love to see um well Cyril Ghana is booked right now, but let's just let's just presume that nobody's booked, everybody's free. What if you put Cyril Ghan in there against um Jilton Almeida? Like that's some shit right there. Because Jail Jailton, both of those guys are on the come up, but Jailton Almeida is like this the scariest motherfucker right now. He is just terrifying. Um you just want to see someone die. Yeah, I want to see violence. I mean, that's that's just what we're talking about here. I just, I just want to see dudes. Just I feel like out. I kind of just pick neat names now that I think you're just like, no, I want someone. They're just even <laughs> enough to where someone's got to go to the hospital. I, I mean, no <laughs> um, hold on, I got I got another one for you. Hold on, uh, let's go back to uh, let's go back to um, let's go to light heavyweight. I'll go. I'll pick. How about this? I'll pick an undercard fight for each division uh, i just gave you my heavyweight how about my light heavyweight let's do at light heavyweight let's do um 
Boy, a lot of these guys have actually fought each other, which is crazy. I'd like to see. Ooh, I'd like to see Jan Blahovich and uh, Jan Blahovich and uh, and uh, Johnny Walker would be pretty wild. That'd be a nice little Ooh. a nice little wild fight. I mean, they were gonna strike for probably for the majority of it. Um, I still think I nailed it with the with the Pajeda and Prochaska fight. That fight would just be so fucking good. It'd be so good. Yeah, that's a lot better than uh. I think that that's would be a, crazy. I think that's better than my Prochaska Hill. Even though the Hill the Hill thing needs to be settled. Well, the Hill thing's gonna happen. That's the that's the difference there. Is that 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 fight's probably gonna happen? Um, right. Yeah, for sure. Another one that would be really fun. Um, I don't know where uh, Chimaev is at. And, like, because it sounds like he wants to fight at one eighty five, but like. Bro, Shavkat Rachmanov versus Hamzat Chimaev is like the fight. That's the fight. That fight is going to be if that fight ever happens because they're both undefeated. Rachmanov is like eighteen and zero or nineteen and zero with fucking one hundred percent finish rate. Yeah, yeah, he's just finishing it. So, um, but anyway, uh, now I won't go through each division. We don't have we don't have time to do all that. But yeah, an undercard could be built pretty quickly. I mean, there could be some fun to have be out there. Sean O'Malley versus Corey Sanhagen would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I think that's a good fight. Um, you know, there's a lot of good fights out there. The the sport is on fire, and I'm, I'm just so glad to see it too because it's 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 just makes it makes sports more fun to have like a new sport, a new exciting sport. And I know it's not that new; it's 30 years old, but like. Yeah, but it's been it's new exponential. On yeah, yeah, it's really it's really come a long way. So that's our UFC 300 card with a little extra spice on it with a few undercard. Did you have any undercard? Uh, any further ones, or was that it? Yeah, that, just the one, pretty that, much. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's a good one to end on. We so. covered a lot of really good stuff. We did. So let's uh let's close that out. That's our UFC 300 fantasy card. We're going to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to tell you guys what's next on the Peripheral Views podcast. So hang tight. We'll be back for, for our last break.
All right, welcome back from the final break of our sixth episode of the Peripheral Views podcast. I appreciate you guys hanging in there. Um, we went uh, we went long again. We're, we're prone to do this, but uh, we had a lot of fun putting this one, this 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 episode together. This development stages were honestly the most fun um, part of it, and then recording it is obviously the cherry on top. But uh, this was a this was a lot of fun to do, and we plan on doing a bunch of these along the way. We'll rank films and books and um, you know all kinds of things. Basically, anything else that's covered in the podcast is is up for grabs, and we're open to suggestions too. If uh, there's anything you guys want to hear our rankings on, we we'd love to put them in order and let you know how we feel about them um, in terms of their significance to us. Uh, but coming up next, we're going to move away from the ranking series and uh, we're going to move back into the biography series. Um, we got a, a nice one that we're going to be working on where we've kind of been chipping away at it. We've been talking about it for a little while now, and I think it's just about time to actually start developing it and getting things together for it. Um, so there's going to be a little bit of a pause in the podcast for, for you know, a little lengthier time than in between the last two episodes. So it'll be about a week or or longer um, for our next episode in the biography series. And this is going to be on William E. Fairbairn, um, who is a British Royal Marine and police officer, most notably known for developing hand-to-hand combat methods for the Shanghai police during the interwar um, period. Um, this was Errol's pick. Errol, do you have anything preliminarily that you'd like to uh, like to shine some light on about this, uh, this, this particular content? Oh yeah, no, uh, nothing in particular. In particular, he's uh, uh, known as like the father of like modern day SWAT tactics, as well as just close quarters fighting. I believe uh, the term they use is a uh, gutter fighting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it really so honestly, the UFC is a good segue into it. So truly, I always right. thought uh, mixed martial arts is a, a really good showcase into like you know dispatching an opponent, just showing them that you are like the better combatant. Uh, not gutter fighting you poke someone in the neck with a sharp object and you gouge their eye out and you like you know you you grab them by the scrotum you you do whatever it takes to dispatch that dude in the quickest quietest way possible and it's um it too so here's the thing for you to like learn that man you kind of got to learn it by practice and that's yeah. uh yeah, so here's the thing you can you could talk about it all you want <laughs> prefer to be practical you gotta practice and so this is a, about it yeah you gotta be yeah. i mean he was he was quoted as saying there's no fair play no rules except one kill or be killed so yeah, that's, that's, that's like that's up next and you know like um we we I've, I say that I've said that in jest. I've just said that like, yo, it's a dog eat dog world. And that man's out there. Like it's a dog eat dog world. Like you got to eat the other dog. Sometimes you have to bite someone on their face and then you got to stab them in the neck with their own. Right. Nut. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like just, uh, or you got to uh, invent ways to be a more vicious dog. So, um, but yeah, this episode is going to be like this, this episode is going to be a pretty graphic one. Um, just a forewarning to our listeners. We're going to dive into that that story, his backstory. We'll be talking a lot about that, but we're also going to be talking about what he contributed to the world of um, of warfare and uh, hand to hand combat in warfare, uh, specifically World War One and trickling into World War Two. So, um, going to be going to be a lot of uh, darkness on that one, but that should be fun to talk about one way or the other. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, me too. Followed up with that, we're going to do. Um, so we've got our next two lined up. Our, our follow-up to that is going to be the third installment in the film series, 
Um, and we're going to have a special guest on that one. Our, our buddy Stephen Launderville is going to jump on and he's going to talk about this film with us. And that film, we talked about it in the last podcast, is going to be 2019 from Robert Eager's The Lighthouse. Um, we started talking about it in the last podcast. We could barely we contain yeah. ourselves. We're like, we got to, why, why are we not just going to talk about yeah. it? So, we, so that's, that's we, we forcefully jammed that into our schedule. That'll be coming up in a couple of weeks um after we're complete after we've done the william fairbairn story um man so, why'd you why'd you spill your beans what oh that's spill the beans with the, and let them know that we're talking about the lighthouse why'd you spill your beans yeah we pretty much already did though oh are you making a reference is that a why is that a reference spill your beans spill your beans oh, why you spill your Beans. Boy, you love a real deep fucking reference. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. From the, almost from the bowels of a film, like a film like that, a dialogue heavy <laughs> film. That's right? oh, classic. But yeah, so those are those are <laughs> those, those are what's coming up next. Uh, we're gonna have a bunch of fun talking about that. Steve's a great dude. He's got a lot to say about a lot of things. He's uh he's he'll be a great contributor to the uh to the episode. He's doing his homework on yeah, that. And he's, uh he's been along for he was dude, he was like Oh, he sat in on our own podcast. Dude, as much as we were on our own podcast for the last one. He's uh I'm I'm excited that Steve's coming along and I'm jealous that he gets to so I'm excited that I get to watch the movie again and again and again. Um, because it is a really good movie, but Steve hasn't seen it. So he I gets know, to yeah. he gets to experience it. It's fresh, yeah. Just I saw it straight. in theaters. I was happy to say that I saw it in theaters for the first time I ever saw it, which is like that's that's pretty clutch. I was happy about that because it is like it's a very like visceral experience, and getting to see it on the big screen was like what a privilege. I saw it with my roommate, and there's a little bit of sexual tension. Yeah, I can imagine that. There's some stuff going on in there. It wasn't Hold like in, well. So the thing is, like we're like we're cis males but like you watch that movie and you're like what if we were like in the lighthouse like maybe yeah. I would, maybe you would catch me getting weird where, where's that go the... where's that go in a moment like that? <laughs> 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 you know, I was like I was like I think in, in the hour and 30 minutes I was like maybe I'm maybe I've been on this island the whole time I'm saying yeah, it, 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 it is a trippy film too I mean vi- visually it, it can be uh it, can, it takes you on a ride so but we'll talk about that. I mean, there's that's a four hour episode waiting to happen, but um, yeah, we'll dive into that. Say it's going to be weeks. like, yeah, we'll say it's going to be like two hours or two and a half hours. Yeah. Steve here, dude, we're going to, uh, we're going five. This is, we'll this is, this is, um, <laughs> so that's what's coming up. I hope you guys enjoyed the, uh, the fantasy card and the UFC ranks that we put on the, uh, on the airwaves tonight. Um, Hope you'll come back in the next uh, next episode. So a uh, quick plug, you know where to find us. That is uh, tw- at Twitter. We're at peripheralv123. On SoundCloud, we are soundcloud.com forward slash peripheralviews123. Contact us at Gmail if you want to send us an email, peripheralviewspodcast at gmail.com. Throw us in the old search bar at Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Don't forget to hit the notification bell and subscription and leave us a review and a positive rating. That would be super clutch. Another big Special thanks to the awesome band out of Scots, out of, um, I'm sorry, Scotland, Elephant Sessions. Uh, the uh, you know they permitted us to use a couple of tracks on this uh, on this episode and in episodes going forward. We really appreciate that, and we'll continue to we'll put some updates out there if they have any music coming out. So we really appreciate the support and uh, enhancing the sound that we've got going on over here at the Peripheral Views Podcast Regime. Yeah, so thanks, um, guys. 
that being said, we are signing off. The sixth episode is in the books, and we appreciate you guys listening. We'll catch you on the next round of Peripheral Views podcast. Baby. See you next time. Oh.